0: Good morning, it is a Friday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. I'm Glenn, he's Griffin. Hope you enjoyed your busy Thursday night. I can't pretend. Yeah, You know what, that's not true. I actually ended up flipping over to the Ravens game at the end, but it certainly wasn't to see what was happening from any of the players. It was because I got a ticket in on the Ravens 1-13 points, and let me tell you, I was sweating.
1: God...
0: These A-holes were trying to go down and score again. And then everybody was like, um, what a what a BS uh, fumble that was. That was an incomplete pass. No, that was the greatest call in the history of football. Nailed it. Nailed it. 1,000%. Wonderful call. What the hell are you doing trying to score again? What's going on? Throwing bombs. Brett Hundley flinging the ball downfield. trying to, I don't even know who the guy was. Somebody I'd never heard of. He threw like a 40-yard pass to it with three minutes left in the fourth quarter. I'm like, what the hell is happening here? What is going on? That was uh, Raleigh Webb, right? Sure. That Whatever that is. Raleigh Webb had a big big day. Big day. If you say so. If you say so. We'll talk a little bit about it. I, we're going to limit how much we talk about it because that's the the danger. This is the problem. All right? I'm going to peel the curtain back. The problem is, in media, we're supposed to play to whatever it is that people want, in radio specifically, because we're slaves to ratings, right? Um, it's, it's ironic. I just had this conversation with my friend, uh, Chuck Sapienza, the program director over at 105.7 The Fan. We are, what whatever it means, Chuck will say, we have one job. My one job is to see what those ratings are. So it kind of doesn't matter if you think a show's good, bad, whatever, if the people who have the meters are tuning in and staying tuned. Then we win. That's our only job that we have. Our only job is to make these weird numbers and how they're constructed. And there's a lot of inside baseball that goes into that. That um, you know, I've had, I've had wonderful conversations. I really like Chuck. I really do. I genuinely like Chuck. I've genuinely enjoyed working over there. But it's also kind of reminded me why I didn't really want to stay in terrestrial radio. And so I kind of like what I'm doing where I can dip my toes in a little bit and be over there on the weekends hanging out with Rita. But the things that you have to do in order to try to manipulate these books, it's just it's a lot. And so with, because of that and because people think that these preseason games matter, you have to do a lot of content related to them. When the like responsible thing in media to do would be to come on and say, they don't matter, stop pretending like they do. Nothing that happened last night. I know we're all hot and bothered about Shamar Bridges, I understand. And by the way, that conversation can be warranted unrelated to last night. There can be a warranted conversation about Shamar Bridges because the Ravens are very thin at wide receiver. Somebody's got to be out there. You're not going to go into the year with four wide receivers. And I know that you're going to you know, say, well, Isaiah likely looks more like a wide receiver than he does like a tight end. That's fine, and that might be certainly something that goes into the math. But also, guys are going to get hurt. James Perche is hurt right now. So there is room, unrelated to last night, for another wide receiver to make the roster. And Shamar Bridges, as a lot of people pointed out, has also had a very good camp. There might be a path for Shamar Bridges to making the Ravens roster, but it won't be because he made catches last night. It will be for the totality of everything they've seen from him, the way they scouted him, and their belief that he is an NFL caliber player. Raleigh Webb made a damn good catch on that ball that I saw. That's not going to get him on a roster unless they've scouted him a certain way. The fact that he was on the field at that point of the game tells me they don't. But unless someone they've scouted him in a certain way and they have belief that he's an NFL player and he's done things in practice, things along those lines, it won't be because of what happened in a preseason game. We have created that we have decided that what happens in preseason games has to matter because we're watching them. And we don't want to feel like we're wasting our time. And no matter how many times I tell you, you're wasting your time! We keep trying to back it up. I, of course, watched the Orioles game last night because that was a real sporting event. Now, it was a bummer because they lost. But I did flip over and Mm. had it all the way one to 13 points tried telling you <laughs> tried telling you don't just bet the ravens one to 13 points got you plus odds you're welcome you're welcome also, had it they come all the, spread the way too so i mean they did yeah. but that was not at plus odds that was at minus odds which is fine like i'll take that money too when the money's free money i'm happy to take it but at plus odds <laughs> hello nurse And at 1 to 13 points, you got yourself some plus odds, and that's exactly what you got last night. Winner, winner, chicken dinger. Now, we will at least bring up whatever we saw last night when our buddy Cordell Woodland from 105.7 The Fan joins us here in a little bit. Um, Cordell's also going to be joining us to talk about uh, his new podcast that he is doing with uh, Rita. By the way, a little awkward. Rita and I have been doing shows together for years. All of a sudden, I go over there, and everybody else is trying to steal her away. She's doing a show with Jerry on Tuesday night. She's doing a show with uh, Cordell. A little awkward. Not going to lie. A little uncomfortable. I said to her, I'm like, hey, what happens in the divorce, huh? How does this work out? Who, who, who gets who here? How does this work? Um, I, I root for Rita, of course. She's my friend. And I'm happy that she gets more and more opportunities because she deserves every opportunity she gets. Uh, so we'll let Cordell come on and plug uh, their new podcast. I believe it's called Winning Drive. Um, here in a few minutes. Later on in the show, Jeff Chidia from NFL Network and NFL.com. He was in Owings Mills recently, wrote something about uh, Mike McDonald and what the Ravens defense might look like. So we will talk to him about that a little bit later on in the program. All coming up and, uh, who knows, stuffing things, maybe a surprise or two. You never know what else might pop up during the course of a Friday edition of the program. Today's show is also brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland, which is where you should have been last night with that advice that I gave you to bet the Ravens to win specifically by 1 to 13 points. On you. You didn't go, you didn't get your bet in, you didn't have that ticket. Real bummer, man. Just a real bummer. Don't know what to say. I Couldn't be me. Couldn't be me. I had that ticket. I was a winner last night. What you do with your life, it's your choice. I would not make the same mistake again. Next Sunday night, the Ravens play another preseason game. They've won 21 straight and they have now covered in 18 of those 21. So eh, maybe you wander over to the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel next Sunday night. <laughs> you hang out as the uh, Ravens play the Arizona Cardinals for some reason in the preseason. And, of course, start thinking about football season and where you want to be for every Thursday night, Sunday night, Monday night, and Ravens Sunday afternoon um, in order to get your bets in on their 61 self-service kiosks, the betting pads that are on the way all available in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. If you want to reserve your spot, maybe hold your fantasy draft there in that first weekend of college football, email events at sportssocialmd.com. So, yes, the sporting event that was real last night was the one that in, uh, uh, involved the Baltimore Orioles. A- and it was a weird game because it just sort of felt like they were lifeless. For the most part and that was the thing that we kind of alluded to yesterday a couple people talked about that it's such a weird thing it's hard to explain you're sitting around the night before cooped up waiting to find out if you're going to play a baseball game or not you don't but you don't find out till late they, they keep you there for a while then you got to pack everything up late night flight And you don't really get to, like, get settled because you're only in the next town for one day before you have to fly again to Tampa. It's just weird circumstances. And I get why none of that should matter once a baseball game begins, but I think we all can think about our own circumstances and times where we've been in sort of weird spots, whether it's traveling, whatever it is. I think we're capable of understanding... That we might just be a little bit off when we're drastically inconvenienced, it just might leave us a little bit off and I've done things like this over the years due to work due to whatever it is where I had to fly in fly out quickly, go somewhere else can't even remember what city I'm in like I've not like that, not like baseball where you' but like I think we all know why there is a human element to. Hey, this is a little bit strange. And they felt lifeless. They just felt like they weren't really there. All of a sudden, Terran Vavra changes that. Austin Hayes has his little dribbler that Winskowski decides not to throw to first base for some reason. It's very weird. He like triple. I'm like. At first, when it comes off the bat, you're like, oh, this could be dangerous. Then Skowski gets to it, and you're like, oh, no, he's got him by a good bit. And then for whatever reason, he doesn't <laughs> throw the ball. He just, like, holds it in his hand for a second. You're like, did he have, have a stroke? Like, what the hell happened here? And then he throws it, and it was late, and the umpire called him out, but it was obvious that he was safe. And so the game's suddenly tied, and you're like, all right, well, I mean, I have no idea how the hell we got here, but here we are. Maybe, maybe go win this one, too. Now, unfortunately, the Orioles gave up, and I, I don't have the number right in front of me, but I believe it was 675 doubles last night, and I that math just doesn't work. You're not going to win a lot of baseball games giving up that many doubles, and they they never kind of came back to life. And it's a reminder they've definitely been a better team at home, and they've been on the road in general, um, even during their kind of hot stretch. It's a bummer because it's a game they could have won, and... And again, now that we're in this thing, now that this is a playoff race, those are games you can regret and rue when you get to the end of the season. Speaking of which, again, could really go for a rue. Didn't Carson say you could make a rue? He did, yeah. yeah. What the hell happened to that? I would really like that rue. Um, You could end up, as silly as it is, we can say, hey, it's this weird one-off game. It was bizarre, you know, like... Road game, no big deal, but it might very well be that we get to the end of the season and the difference in whether or not they made the playoffs was the fact that they lost by one run in Boston last night. And I get it, you you can't win every game. I joked about it at the end of the game last night. I was like, well, you can't win them all. Unless you do, but I don't think anybody has. Like, I, I understand that we have to be reasonable that even with a baseball team that's red hot, you're still going to lose some games in there. I don't know, in a way, it's better if you just go get your... Like, you can you can live with, all right, well, they would do kind of an ass-kicking. They would do... You You really regretted the fact that the Orioles got back. If they had just lost 4 nothing last night, like, you say, all right, fine. Go up to Boston, weird one-off game. Fine. These things happen. But the fact that they got back into the game, and these are the 2022 Orioles that we're talking about, the team that, like, in close games, they win them, the team that, like, if you get to the late innings, they're going to win. That was oddly disappointing. Like, they somehow figured out a way in a a situation where they shouldn't be able to disappoint you to end up disappointing you last night. So, a bummer, it's about as significant as however they followed up this weekend in Tampa. It also goes back to the bummer of them not playing the night before because they were a hot team. And you, you just don't like when a team's hot to miss out on a game. It goes back to my other statement, which is that there should be no stadium that doesn't have a roof. That Anytime you make fun of a stadium that has a roof, you're an idiot. Every stadium should have a roof even, so you can play the games. Even Tropicana, as, as beautiful. No, no, no. You can still say it's a monstrosity. You, you can okay. still say roof stadiums are monstrous. You have to figure out a way to build a stadium so it's a lovely stadium, so it has something to offer, but also has the option of making sure you can still play the game. It's insanity. In all sports, we continue to allow weather to manipulate our ability to play or whether people want to choose to come out. Everybody's like, boy, the Ravens' attendance in December starts going down. There's a lot of empty seats. You think? Because it's so cold that people say, I don't want to go because I might die? Really? Well, that is incredible, Sherlock. How did you manage to get to the bottom of that? That there might be fewer people at the games in December than there are in October. Holy hell. It's weird that year where everybody was like, well, they're (laughs) protesting them taking a knee in Jacksonville. No, everybody showed up the week after that. The stadium was packed. It got cold outside. And people stopped going because it's cold. It's not hard. You know why Friday and Saturday night attendance is always better than Sunday afternoon attendance? Because the sun goes down, and it's pleasant to be at a baseball game on a Friday or a Saturday night. And on Sunday afternoon, the sun is trying to murder you with a knife! I spent a lot of time, a lot of years researching this. I put a lot of effort in. God, I think I finally figured it out. It is a very coherent argument. It's- put a roof on the stadium! <laughs> All of them. Stop it with the natural elements not no. You can go hang out. You whatever you want to do in a park on a Friday afternoon, that's your call. Put a roof on put roofs on stadiums so you can play the games. So when a team's red hot, they don't have to miss a game and screw up their entire week and then be lethargic the next night in Boston. Do those things. Sorry, I'm going off on a bit of a I think I, I think I don't know what just happened. We did go off on a bit of a tangent there. And you can say it's old man yells at cloud, but it's just reasonable. We just like to say nonsensical things. Yeah, well, that's not the way baseball used to be. Great! Mickey Mantle used to get hummers in right field. I know, because it's the greatest tweet I've ever seen in my life. I'm pretty sure we don't do that either. Although, you're
1: telling me me you don't want
0: to see a baseball game in snow? No, no. No, and I've been to a baseball game. It's though I was at the famous Jay Gibbons game. Yeah, it was opening day. I used to go to opening day every year. Um, It was awful. (laughs) I think the other thing people don't remember about that day is that like it, the weather changed like six times during the course of the day. And I believe that when I left my house, it was when it was still nice outside. And so I believe I went in like a polo shirt. And I and khakis. Like, I don't think I wore shorts because I don't think it was, it, was there's no, it wasn't 70 degrees. But as you know, when you're in the spring and you get that first day where, like, the sun's out, you're like, oh, son of a bitch. It's warmed up 20 degrees from where it was yesterday. I might, I might get froggy and put on some shorts. And I don't think I did that. But I was miserable, miserable at that baseball game.
2: Miserable!
0: Put a roof. Put a roof on the stadiums, all of them. I don't know how it would work with Camden Yards. It's probably not something that's possible at this point. It would probably cost $6 billion at this point to come up with the type of roof that would be necessary in order to make it work and not ruin the stadium in the process. When you build a new stadium, make sure you put a ro- Imagine building a stadium in Minnesota and not putting a roof on it. Imagine. Sorry, I'm sorry. Sorry, this is about the Orioles. I don't know what happened here. I do this every now and then. Every now and then, I'm reminded it's one of my greatest hits. Put roofs on stadiums. You can pick it up three disc collection available from Time Life for three installments of 1999, and you get all of the greatest hits. Put the roofs on the stadiums. Preseason games don't matter. All of them. Get all of the greatest hits. What are my other greatest? Uh, the unwritten rules of baseball suck. I'm trying to think of what my other greatest hits are, but you can get all of them. All of them are available to you for three low payments of 1999 to Time Life, and we will get that uh, shipped out to you immediately. Anyway, the Orioles lose last night in Boston, and it is a bummer, but it does not, uh, of course, mean anything more than that, and as I said, it, it's about as significant as whatever they followed up by doing this weekend in Tampa, because if they go down and they sweep the Rays, then you know what? <laughs> They're going to be sitting in the playoff spot again. They'll be in good shape. That's not, you know, a likely thing necessarily to happen, that they would sweep the Rays on the road, but they did just take three of four from the Rays at home a couple weeks ago, and when they went down to Tampa before the All Star break, they 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 lost two of three. They correct? did lose two of
1: three. They they always it seems like they always play very poorly. I,
0: there is something Tampa about well, it's yeah. a miserable place to yeah. play. It is a wretched, awful, terrible place to play. Um, they have one thing going for them: a roof. That's it. That's literally the only good thing about the stadium. And the Tampa. stingray tank, pretty cool. <laughs> it could be cool. But somehow it just sort of adds into, like, you don't know if you're playing in a baseball stadium or an aquarium or, like, a a weird warehouse. It's just everything about it is – you know that the Lightning used to play there?
2: People don't know that. Really? People
0: don't know that. Like, somebody as young as you, they they built a stadium before they had a team, and they needed to do something with it. So they just played hockey games there. Like, in that monstrosity –
1: those sight lines were
0: I don't even know what it must have been like you <laughs> could so they used to call it the Thunderdome used to be the name of the stadium if i remember correctly cuz the lightning played in it. um <laughs> hang on a second i'll try to pull up no, the Tam- thunder tampa, the bay, tampa, bay tampa bay Thunderdome. i guess the st petersburg thunder tampa bay lightning thunderdome uh here's a picture of it there's here's what it looked like it actually by the way it looks packed it looked like they had like 60,000 people in the old the uh, the the stadium my god look at that thing look at that picture Holy crap, there were a lot I mean, of people that looks there watching. Decent, right? Yeah. That looks cool, actually. That actually makes the stadium worthwhile. They played the final four there the year that UConn beat Duke. I remember that too. They played the final four in that stadium. But yes, it is a miserable place for baseball. God, there's so many people there. It looks like a completely different place. It actually looks like it has value and it's a it's a worthy place to host a sporting event when it was there for hockey, but not for baseball. That is not the case. All right, uh, Orioles go down to Tampa for three games again, starting tonight. And the pitching matchup for tonight is uh, Austin Voth and Corey Kluber. The Orioles have not announced the starters. I would assume that just since they stayed in rotation with Dean Kramer, I would assume that they just stay in rotation and keep pushing. I I I'd have not heard anything about Tyler Wells. Like, again, the the initial – like, you, if you had gone back to when he was put on the injured list, it it would be approaching the time – that he would be ready to come back, but I don't think he's made a rehab start or anything like that. And I don't maybe they don't they don't feel the need for him to because it was such a short injury. Um, but I have uh no uh, yeah
1: no updates. I I don't see any updates. Yeah, the last no, thing Tyler I saw was from
0: Wells. a week ago though. Uh, and there were a lot of Which people is, that wondered if Tyler yeah. Wells would return at all. You know what I mean? Like there were a lot of people that they just want to shut him down. and be safe because they were you know, already limiting his in, in innings to begin with they were already right. trying to limit you know how many pitches he threw this season so there were a lot of people that wondered if this was just going to be an opportunity for them to say he wasn't going to come back but mm-hmm. they didn't present it as being a serious injury and you know they are in the midst of a playoff race and if he can pitch even if you've got to do creative things like even if you say hey you know he can only pitch for three innings each time and we're kind of going with a weird opener like he goes through the lineup the first I don't know if he's healthy enough to be able to pitch I would think that you would let him pitch so I don't know why they wouldn't just announce who the starters will be for the rest of the weekend I, I it's it's kind of odd that the Rays do the Rays are the team that normally wants to throw in an yeah. opener in there but the Rays have announced um, Kluber Knight uh, McClanahan tomorrow and Drew Rasmussen on uh, Sunday for this series. So I I, I don't really know. What, it would probably really be know. Watkins and Lyles, I think? I would... I mean, let me do the math. So it was Kramer last night, both today, and who pitched on...
1: L- Watkins was Sunday. Sunday, yeah, and yeah, Lyles was, was Monday? Yeah. yeah,
0: then that would be okay. who it would be. Cause I don't remember. Who pitched on Tuesday? Uh, Somebody. Bradish. I, I, Braddish. Braddish, Braddish did pitch on Tuesday. So that's your five. Yes, yeah. correct. That's exactly the way it would go. So, I mean, unless they're... Unless DL correct. That's the only kind of wild card in all of this is like have they made a decision about and I and I we say DL, but somebody else. Because mm-hmm. it could also still be Matt Harvey, it could also still be, you know, I guess Bruce Zimmerman, yeah. somebody like that. I haven't done the math. I just don't know why they wouldn't announce. It. That's the only why wouldn't they just make it official last night that they're staying in rotation? And certainly Lyles isn't somebody who's going to be skipping a start right. for Christ's sakes. Um, I, there's no real reason that I know of to skip a Watkins start either. So it's kind of odd. That's all. Like I, I certainly get why once they had the rain out, they had to reconsider when everybody was going to start. But once they decided to start both again on Friday, I don't know why they wouldn't have just gone ahead and announced everybody for the rest of the weekend. That's all. I got nothing. I got, I really, I'm saying nothing. (laughs) I'm just telling you, I don't, I don't know. I don't get it. It is a little bit weird that they wouldn't just go ahead and announce the starters. All right. Anything else we need to get to? I did also poke in on the uh, Field of Dreams game a little bit. It certainly did not have the oomph of oh, last, li- year. Oh, last
1: year. Last year's was unbelievable.
0: It, but there was a lot going on there. Last year it was the first time it happened, right? Right. So last year, and I again, maybe they did more. I saw one what one point because I was slipping over during the commercials in the Orioles game. So at one point I did see them do like a brief thing where Kevin Costner like, had recorded something for Ray Liotta, I would have thought they would have done more with Ray Liotta, because that's something that is different from last year to this year, so maybe they did, and I just missed that, because I wasn't watching the totality of the game, Right. Um, I, I was told they did a couple of things for Vin Scully during the course of the broadcast, because this is the first big national game after Vin Scully's death, but, like, I... It's weird because Vince Scully doesn't really have anything to do with Field of Dreams or Iowa or either of these teams. So I feel like maybe that would be more appropriate, like at a Dodgers play. I don't know. I don't yeah. know how you do that. Yeah. Um and then I know they like they were interviewing Votto. I know he was great because Well, i been Votto had Votto. written that entire thing about um right, right. you know, what Field of Dreams meant to him and his father. And Joey Votto is a ten and a half. God, he's such a good follow on Twitter, too. <laughs> um and then I, they did the weird thing with Harry Carey, which I like. I think was was certainly well intentioned. They were trying to, hey, it's the Cubs, and let's try to do something with this, and it, it it's a cool idea. Let's have Harry Carey at the Field of Dreams, but uh, it definitely was was forced and kind of awkward, and I, I don't know. I mean, it was. I I almost feel like you would you would have been better off just replaying Harry Carey, just showing a video of Harry Carey singing this. Like, the the part we're trying to force him in with, um, you know, these graphics to make it look like he's there Uh, just came off unnecessary. I think you could have gotten the same value by just deciding, hey, we're going to cut to an old video of Harry Carey, you know, singing the seventh-inning stretch and get whatever you were trying to accomplish out of it. I, I think you could have made that work. So, I don't know. It, it, it lost a bit of the sting. I, but I think the biggest reason it lost a bit of the sting is because it was just a bad baseball game. Like There was nothing there was nothing about it to be excited about. Neither of the teams mattered. It's a bummer that it worked out that way for them. Last year, it was the Yankees and the White Sox. It was a big game. And it also happened to be an incredible game, obviously. Yeah. I guess they're going to take next year off because that complex is doing some uh, construction and they're building yeah. some youth fields around there. Um I like the idea of doing more of these things. The Orioles, of course, playing in the Little League thing next next week, and I think those. I like the idea of doing more and more of these types of things. Try to find. I think the actual Sandlot was in Utah. Um, try to find a way to go to a Sandlot themed game try to find a way... A lot of people were talking about the idea of doing like a a major league-themed game, something like that. The Sandlot game would be so sweet. The Sandlot game... Again, you can't play on the actual field. You couldn't play a major league game there. But if you found a park nearby and you did an entire broadcast inviting the, the kids from the Sandlot to come be a part of it and incorporating it... That would be a really neat thing. Do it on the Fourth of July, maybe. Like, have the fireworks and play "America the Beautiful" and let us all have goosebumps as it occurs. I'm all for baseball doing, idea. yeah, more. Because you're these gonna have day games
1: all day, and then yeah,
0: one night game. You say everybody day. else plays during the day, and there's one night game on the Fourth of July. That'd be and incredible. It's the Sandlot game. I mean, my God, you're welcome. <laughs> I just did all the marketing for you. I, I'll, I'll take my check. I'll, I'll put the invoice together whenever I get the chance. Hey, if you missed it yesterday, stand the Fan uh, caught up with Frank Remish, the general manager of the Baltimore Arena, got the picture for what this is going to look like when the arena opens back up next year, what it's going to mean for the city, the community, what kind of sporting events might be possible. You can find it right now, facebook.com slash pressboxsports, youtube.com slash pressboxonline, pressboxonline.com slash video. We come back in, our buddy Cordell Woodland from 105.7 The Fan is going to join us. That's next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Visit Howard County presents the 2022 Major League Quidditch Championship, a Harry Potter-inspired, real-life, full-contact, mixed-gender, 12-team Quidditch tournament happening at Troy Park in Elkridge, August 20th through the 22nd. For tickets and more information, go to visithowardcounty.com. Maryland.
5: 22 baseball season is in full swing and the future is brighter than ever for your Baltimore Orioles. I'm Paul Valley, And I'm Zach Goodman. And together we bring you the bat around every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon with everything you need to know about the Orioles and baseball as a whole. From veterans like Cedric Mullins, Austin Hayes, and Ryan Mountcastle to young stars like Adley Rutschman, Grayson Rodriguez, and D.L. Hall. We've got you covered for every game, every pitch, and every debut. You can watch us at youtube.com slash pressboxonline and facebook.com slash Sports or you can listen at pressboxonline.com radio. So join us
0: live on the bat around every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon right here at Press Box Sports. Summer is in full swing, and so is the summer seasonal menu at Glory Days Grill. Start with the opener, flash fried pork belly with their popular Korean number 2 sauce. And try their South Carolina barbecue chicken, or back by popular demand, the lobster roll with grilled corn. Also try the irresistible crab and lobster fries, or the very berry salad with chicken. And for dessert, the Cracker Jack Sunday with a waffle, ice cream, and Cracker Jacks. This menu will be going, going, gone. By out more and get your order in at glorydaysgrill.com. Glory Days Grill, great food, good sports. Make the most out of every day in
3: your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s
4: from your local Toyota dealer today. These are the final days for you to pick up the very special Salute to Coaches issue of PressBox with John Harbaugh on the cover and eight other area high school, college, and pro coaches recognized inside. With amazing stories told by the athletes whose lives they've impacted the most, you can find the Salute to Coaches issue for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always read every PressBox print issue at PressBoxOnline.com and coming soon. Our football preview issue, which features Ravens tight end Mark, Andrews on the cover, and profiles of players from Maryland, Navy, Towson, and Morgan State.
5: It's statistically proven that the show sounds better if you're not wearing pants, like me. Right now, you're listening to Glenn Clark Radio.
0: All right, back in here on GCR. It is a Friday edition of the program. Joining us now from 1057 The Fan, he is their beat reporter, and he's got a new podcast with my friend, the NFL chick, Sarita Hubbard. It's called Winning Drive. He is Cordell Woodland, and he's with us here on the program. Cordell, what's going on, pal? How are you?
2: What's up, man?
0: Everything good? You know, I I got to be honest with you. When I found out you guys were doing a podcast, I was like, wow, this is a big turnaround. Because that week that Rita was giving you gruff about wearing a I I, I don't know if it was Redskins <laughs> or a Commanders jersey, I thought maybe yeah. this this would never be possible that you were that, that just these two that you could never work things out in order to be able to make this happen.
2: Yeah, that that was a sticky day, you know. Uh we we all know I'm I'm from the other side of the beltway. I moved out to Baltimore to go to Morgan State, the illustrious Morgan State, Morgan State grad now. And uh yeah, so I still have some fan ties to my hometown. Rita knows as well as mm. anybody, uh, that you're gonna rep your hometown because she does it to the T and she does it well. Um, and I'm I'm no different in that. So you know we come from opposite ends of the spectrum, but I think there's a respect factor there uh, in both of us just having a passionate love for our teams and. It just so happens she's a fan of the Ravens. I cover the Ravens. I've never hated the Ravens. Mm. So it all it all ends up working out.
0: All right. All right. So tell me about the podcast. Tell me about um, when you guys are doing it, how often you guys are doing it, what you guys are looking to do with it, how you're trying to make it different than other podcasts.
2: Yeah. Uh, right now we do it two times a week. So they'll be dropping every Wednesday morning and every Friday morning. So our second episode dropped today. Um, and once we get into the regular season, it'll go up to three episodes a week, including uh, one immediately right after the game, whether that's on Sunday or one of the weekday primetime games. So definitely excited about that. Uh, we'll continue to flood uh, as much Ravens content as possible. I'm out there at the castle pretty much every day, so I, I do get to get a firsthand look at the team that uh, all of Baltimore loves. So. You know, you asked about how we're trying to make a different I mean, you've worked with Rita, uh, she's an incredibly fun person uh, to work with and she, she can definitely lighten the mood, so to speak, really easily. Um, that's that's one thing that I really impressed. Well, yeah, about she can do her. that and
0: she can also lose her mind and <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, and that's what we that's what we yeah. balance each other out at. You know, she, she can kind of take us off road a little bit which is good you know sometimes you need to avert uh, you know uh, stray away from the script sometimes uh but i'm kind of also there to to help put us back on the road find us back on our way home so to speak sometimes so we both have our uh pros and cons to us and i think we just are uh, a team that works well with each other we, we bounce off of each other pretty well so i think everybody that loves the ravens likes to hear uh, a couple of jokes here and there and just wants to have a good time Will love listening to our podcast. All right,
0: so it's called Winning Drive, and it's it is a podcast all about the Ravens. It's Cordell and yep. Rita, and it's available uh, via Odyssey and wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, they have one up this morning, in fact, after last yep. night's game. Cordell, so maybe one of the things you don't know about me, and part of the reason why I kind of got away from terrestrial radio for a long time is because I can't pretend. I am incapable of pretending like preseason football games matter. I just can't do it. I know too much. I understand it. I can't play along. I can't sit here and try to break things down. But I know that people do, and despite the fact that that, that, I just know how this works. So you tell me from last night, give me two things that you think actually have – are at least worth noticing, paying attention to that came out of last night's game.
2: Well, one thing is that uh, Isaiah Likely, who has been a stud all throughout training camp, showed a couple of flashes of what he's capable of last night. Um, he had his first catch was eventful. He had about five jukes on that one play, and uh, you know Harb said that he wished he had only had the one juke. And went for the first down, but you know he ended up doing five and still got the first down all as well. But I think if you if you watched Isaiah Likely last night, you had to be impressed. And for someone like me that's been watching them all off season, it was good to see what he's done in practice translate to the games. Uh, same now, hey, with Shamar Brick.
0: Let me just to go back to Likely for a second. Because I do want you to get the bridges. Do you look at him and say he's more of a wide receiver than he is a tight end, Cordell?
2: Maybe at the pat, maybe off the strength that he is a his pass catching ability is his best trait.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and you saw last night he's not necessarily the most polished blocker. He had a holding penalty and he had a couple of instances where he just simply didn't block the guy. Uh, blocking is definitely not his forte. So I'm more inclined to say his skill set is more of a receiver type, but. I do think they'll use him as a hybrid-type player and line him up at tight end and uh, also flex him out in the slot sometimes. He gives them that versatility uh, with his pass-catching ability, his route running, but his size is more of a tight end type of frame. So he's definitely a hybrid-type player, no doubt about it. Uh, They're going to use him as a tight end, but they'll also use him a lot as a receiver as well, which I think helps because they don't have a lot of receiver depth. Uh, yes. receiver,
0: receiver so, so let's go there. Cordell Woodland with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. To your point about that, Cordell, obviously you're about to bring up Shamar Bridges.
2: Yeah. And again,
0: I, as I say, I'm not the guy that's going to overreact to something that happened in a preseason game. But I, and I said right. this at the beginning of the show, the, the, the simple math is there's room on this roster right now. Like, somebody's got to play yeah. there. And to your point, yeah. obviously James Prochet is banged up. Um, Tylon Wallace now is dealing with an injury as well. Um I, I guess the first thing is, is you know, how much has Shamar Bridges done? Because one game alone, one preseason game alone, isn't going to put somebody on a roster. But how much right. has he done throughout camp to earn a spot? And then, how pressing might the need be getting for the Ravens to start considering something elsewhere? To start considering truly how desperate they might be at the wide receiver position.
2: No doubt about it. Uh, You know, Shamar Bridges, I think, over the last week and a half to two weeks has really started to flash a little bit at practice. And, again, he's one – the jump balls that you saw him win last night are the exact uh, exact same type of plays that we see from him in practice. And if you're a coach, that's what you want to see. You want to see guys that are able to pop out to you in practice, translate that to the game. That's all you can ask for. And you kind of – earlier you brought up what is the purpose of these preseason games It's for guys like Shamar Bridges to be able to showcase what he's capable of against another team where there's actual live contact going on because they're not hitting in practice mm-hmm. so the games are the only time that they can really get that kind of feel um so I thought it was good for Shamar Bridges to show that he can do that in the game he's a body catcher you got to be wary of receivers that catch with their body because at some point it's going to bounce off their shoulder pads but at the same time, Devonte Adams is a body catcher, and he's possibly the best receiver in football. So it can work. Until this point, Shamar Bridges has done a good job of catching most of the passes thrown to him. So if he can keep on stacking performances like he did last night, I think he's a guy uh, that could be in the running to make this team. And you talked about it getting die at the receiver position. I mean they they've already ran through all the depth that they have. They have they don't have much behind the starting three guys bateman duvernay and proche Prochet's already hurt right now wallace is hurt right now duvernay is just coming back from a thigh issue and bateman is de- dealing with what john harbaugh is called a nagging a minor nagging issue Yeah, but other so, than that
0: they're fine yeah
2: I'm i mean <laughs> yeah i'll mean, besides besides that they're fine if you're ready to see guys like Makai Polk and benjamin victor and uh, you know, Shamar Bridges out there. Yeah, the, the good thing about Shamar Bridges being able to put a performance like he did have last night on is the fact that I think, based off what the Ravens' receiver position is right now, one or two of these undrafted free agent guys on this team could make this team right now simply simply off of need. They need a depth guy. Uh, there's not much left out there in free agency. I know yeah. people are looking at Will Fuller. But, I mean, he has a laundry list of injuries himself in his past. So, uh, there's no easy solution out there. There's no instant plug-and-play guy I don't believe in free agency right now. So, I think the Ravens are a little bit in trouble
0: at the receiver position. Um, I, I'm with you. And look, you know, the, the reason why the guys are available is because they aren't great options. But, you, right. you know, when you don't have any options, sometimes you have to consider guys who aren't great options, yeah. right? Like, you know, it's either your internal not great options or external not great options at some point. It's it's a rough spot to be in. Um, uh, Cordell, anybody who, who maybe it's gone the other way, anybody not just last night but during the course of camp, who you thought was somebody that had a good shot or you thought was somebody that, you know, should be on this roster that after a couple of weeks you've looked at and say, man, I, I don't know. I, I don't I don't know if this person is definitely proving themselves to be a part of the plans or would just say maybe they still are, but admittedly it's been a rough few weeks for them.
2: Yeah, that's a good question, Glenn. Um, I, I could say, and, and again, this is an undrafted, free agent so the the expectations aren't crazy high but Devin Williams out of Oregon the receiver out of Oregon he really impressed me during rookie camp. okay and I thought that he would be kind of that guy that Shamar Bridges is turning into you know there's always one wide receiver throughout training camp and preseason that fans get attached to that they think can have an outside shot to make the team and Devin Williams was kind of my pick but he's faded away to me, really, ever since training camp has started. He's barely been there for practice, uh, and when he is there, he, he's almost like he's hiding. I don't see him. And last night during the game, I'm looking for him, and I couldn't tell you whether he got in the game or not, to be honest with you, Glenn, because I truly did not notice him out mm-hmm. there. So um, he he's a guy that I was kind of high on coming in, that I've kind of simmered. Uh, my expectations down quite a bit on Um, and just uh, after last night this can be kind of an overreaction but Corey Clement was a guy that I thought was intriguing to me a little bit at the running back position the running back competition at least for the first couple of weeks until J.K. Dobbins can show that he's fully healthy uh, is an open competition right now and I thought Corey Clement had an outside chance to make an impact on this running back group because I liked what he did in Philadelphia a couple years ago. I think that John Harbaugh, he's been on record for saying he likes Corey Clement's size and what he brings uh, to this team physically, and I think he has a, a sneaky speed a little bit. But last night, he didn't really show it to me. I don't think any of the running backs really wowed me. I mean, Mike Davis got the touchdown, which is good, but if you look at all of those guys. Contributions last night. I don't think anybody necessarily separated themselves from the pack. Nate McRae, I think, had a 21-yard run, but that's—I mean—that was the—that was his biggest play, and I'm not discounting it. Even outside of that, I don't think anybody really separated themselves. So, my uh, Corey Clement is kind of a guy i'm a little down on right now that i was a little higher on say a week ago
0: it definitely seems to be that if you are getting into the game in the fourth quarter of a preseason game yeah, you are exactly. not someone that is exactly. very much in the mix at that point that tends to be the case all right um so cordell i, I know that the schedule is a little bit different this weekend are you going to be doing the show after us on sunday or are you busy with uh, camp
2: on sunday I'll actually actually be out at camp on Sunday, so uh, no show on Sunday. I will be on all next week, filling in for Jerry Coleman, who will be out on vacation. So I'll be on uh, Monday through Friday next week, picking it back up. We're shaking it up.
0: And then, of course, uh, the podcast is Winning Drive. Uh, It's Cordell and the NFL chick, Sarita Hubbard, and you can check that out wherever you get your podcasts. And remind me what your uh, handle is on Twitter for people to follow you.
2: Yeah, at Cordell Woodland. Uh, that's on oh. Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, yeah, Glenn, I like the. I, key, I, like I the probably could
0: itself. have figured that out. I probably <laughs> could have done that, man.
2: I I, tried, I I had something different, but I was like, you know what, I. I just want to make it as simple as possible. Yo, if,
0: if it was available, by all means, you yeah, take yeah. that. Unfortunately. Didn't have
2: to add any numbers or anything.
0: Yeah, unfortunately, there were a few Glenn Clarks when I tried to sign up for Twitter <laughs> the first time. Didn't make it an option. Uh, apparently, one, by the way, is like a philosopher and regularly, like every like year or so, one of this guy's quotes will get attributed to me and I will get like a thousand <laughs> retweets about it and I'll be like, damn, I am a really smart guy.
2: <laughs> right, I, I was about to say, I mean, it probably kind of makes you seem smarter than you are, so, like, you know, it, I you'll probably take
0: it. I will, honest to God, retweet me like, i would be like, yeah, I remember when I said that. <laughs> like, yeah. I really yeah. meant to. Hey,
2: if, if they're going to give you the credit, man. No go doubt, bro. Take
0: it. Hey, uh, Cordell, appreciate you, man. Thank you for taking the time. Uh, we will talk soon, all right? Thanks for having me, Glenn. Appreciate it. Cordell Woodland, 105.7 The Fan. Uh, of course, their beat reporter and then also uh, part of this new podcast with our friend Rita. And I uh, love her, root for her, so I like every project that Rita is involved with. And, and speaking of which, we'll be... I know we're getting closer, I think I've teased it before, but we are getting closer to making some more formal announcement about another project that Reed and I are involved in together that will be a hybrid between PressBox and 105.7 The Fan, which is very exciting for me, um, and I think we we basically announced it in the past. I think if you remember what we did a year ago, it it's not all that dissimilar to that, so um, I'm pretty excited about that, and and other things. There are other announcements. We will be making a lot of football season-related announcements. Um, some of them are not mine to make. Some of them are other people's to make. Some of them are mine to make. So just stay tuned. We will get you more details um, as we get uh, inch closer to actual football. Um, we will make uh, some more of those announcements here in the coming days. Today's show is also brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Griffin, I know you're dying to say something about what you saw at the football game last night. I will give you this. You know what? It'll be like uh, what we did with uh, Paul Valley once upon a time. You will be our one-minute man. I will put you should probably turn your microphone yeah, yeah, on. Yeah, that'll help. I will put 1 minute on the clock. I don't have the Oh, I wish I had the whole sound. See if the 1 minute sounder is still in there. I we might have gotten rid of it when Paul left. We had a one we had a and it and it counted down to a blow up. Uh check in Apple Music. Just go through. I feel like I do you, th- yeah, I think do we you have it. I think right, we have it. Great. Yeah. Put the sounder on. You've got 60 seconds to tell me about something okay. that you think mattered. As you were there at the game last night. Alright? Did you stay for the whole thing?
1: Uh yeah, I stayed until the until the Brett Huntley turnover and then we the left. Yeah, so we stayed for Christ. about uh fifty eight minutes,
0: yeah. My God. Alright. Go ahead. Put the t- put the clock on.
1: Alright, hold on, I gotta think of something. I gotta we'll make sure you were the one that was there. Yeah, I
0: know, I know. I mean a lot happened. To okay, you are gonna have to go work on the fly. This is right. radio, okay. kid. Okay. Welcome. I'm ready. You ready? Alright? Go. I don't hear the sound okay. of it. You're not supposed to say that either. I you are melting out. down. Alright? You need to lock Ready? it up. There we go. All right. So, Ravens, they beat the Titans again.
1: Uh, I mean, it was no surprise that they were going to win the game. Uh, you know, it was also pretty much no surprise. It was never in doubt that they were going to cover either. You know, Tucker hit a couple field goals. That was pretty exhilarating. Um, <laughs> Anthony Brown, Tyler Huntley, you know, they, I mean, they, they got the, the, the Ravens are set at backup quarterback. I think uh, if, if something happens with Lamar Jackson, they'll be able to compete again, just like they did last year. Uh, Shamar Bridges, I think, is the definitely the biggest story. Uh, I mean, he had the big touchdown catch. He had a couple other, other great catches where he just went up and grabbed the ball. Um, and then uh, on the defense, Stephen Means, he was all over the place. I thought he was he was the biggest surprise to me. I wasn't sure what linebacker was going to kind of st- step up and play a lot, but Stephen Means took a lot of snaps, and then they eventually took him out later in the game. So I think that means that they probably you know—they they, want to see more of him, and they want to save him a little bit. So Stephen Means definitely stuck. St- uh, stood out Chuck Wiley uh, not a great day at all he looked horrible off the ball he was he's uh, he's one of the new outside wingers I don't know so what he'll, that hell is. get cut
0: he he's just- <laughs> so really nothing then um, look I like Steve uh,
1: Pepe Williams he was playing safety a lot he was playing like the. he played the entire games and he, and well, he was he's, playing safety he's a,
0: he's a rookie that makes sense like somebody's yeah, gotta but he play was
1: like dra- well J- Jalen Armour Davis didn't play at all which I thought was kind of surprising I mean I guess they just really uh, uh, like what they see from him yeah
0: or I don't, I don't know if he's been banged up or something like that and they've decided to protect him I, I just don't know I don't know off the top of my head because I'm not out there every day so I don't have that answer um, I like Stephen Means, so I'm rooting for Stephen Means. Yes, me too. Uh, great guy. And uh, by the way, I don't know if you guys caught it, so you might remember that when we had Brandon Copeland on a couple months ago, he was like, "Dude, I will drive myself back to Baltimore for a tryout." Well, he actually got a tryout out this that, yeah. week, and I, I, it would be make me so incredibly happy if Brandon Copeland ends up on this football team. I, I don't, I don't know that I have the words to describe. Brandon Copeland is one of the best humans I've ever come across, and. Started as an undrafted free agent, never played with the Ravens. Started as an undrafted free agent as a guy that didn't look like he had a chance to make it in the league, and all of these years later has carved out this great career for himself. To be able to stretch it out further with the Ravens would just be a monumental. I do have story. one more thing.
1: The Titans, Traylon Burks, their first round yes. receiver, that he played like the entire game, like he was playing deep into the fourth quarter, and he looked awful. He looked terrible. I, I mean, the the I don't think the Titans are gonna be good. I don't think they will. They, I mean. Everybody I mean, got mad, mad at every, Henry. all the, 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 tennis, Derrick, tennis, every, the, the receiver, Tennessee people. Got, the receivers the, look awful. They don't Did Robert any. Woods play last night? He didn't. Robert Woods didn't play. So yeah. they do have Robert Woods. But, yeah. tr- I mean, Traylon Burks is going to be their well, two I think guy. And he, Robert Jackson, they, Robert Jackson might have made the team because he was covering Traylon Burks last night. Robert Jackson looked well, amazing.
0: I, I mean, I don't know if there's a spot for him or not. I don't right, know. I know. know if a I know. That's what I mean. Like, like, he might have played his um, way into the conversation um, just because
1: Traylon Burks looks so bad I don't know. off the line I, of Str- I, <laughs> It's
0: certainly not my problem. Everybody <laughs> got mad at, everybody in Tennessee got mad at Rita. Rita, I don't know what it is, but like, Rita has this, I call her the queen of Twitter for a reason. For some reason, Rita can say something completely innocuous and, like, get people to just lose their minds about it. Um, And last night it was something about uh, Ryan Tannehill. And... Oh, my God. Hang on a second. Rita said something about, I I think Tanny's going to be gone next year. And... I get it. Like, somebody might say to themselves, really, because you're watching Malik Willis in a preseason game, that's what you think? But that's, I don't think that's at all what Rita was trying to say. Um, I think that we know that the Titans, Ryan Tannehill has been far better in Tennessee than anybody could have ever reasonably imagined him being. But the idea that he's the guy that you're investing your hopes of winning a Super Bowl for the next 10 years on? I mean at this point he's got to be on the other side of 30, right? Like no, maybe he's right at 30. Maybe he's more like 28, 29. But uh, he is oh my god, he's 34? Wow. Good compliment to him, Jesus huh? For me. Christ, no doubt, man. <laughs> I just don't feel like he's been in the league that. Yeah, long, no, it but, does seem. But I mean, I, I this 5 tw- years 2012. And- I mean, yeah. I my god, I mean it, part of it is because he just he was struggling to make it work in Miami, so you forget how long he was struggling to make it work in Miami, so I get Rita's point, which is at some point you've got to decide like are you, are you just going to keep throwing a, like are we just going to keep throwing it all on this or not? Like, or do you feel like you need to have something more dynamic at the quarterback position? And whether Malik Willis can be that guy or not, I don't know. I don't know if Malik Willis can be that guy. Clearly, most teams in the NFL don't. Think I don't he think can. he
1: will be at least on Tennessee because they're not going to they're not going to you know model their offense around him like like you have to do with a with a mobile corporate. But cor- I don't
0: think like Malik Willis... Like, I, I think comparing Malik Willis to Lamar Jackson is a mistake, too. Malik yeah. Willis is not that type of player. But he's not. a, he's he's a more dynamic player, but he's not that type of player. Yeah. I don't think you change your entire offense around for Malik Willis. And I, I don't know. Again, every team in the NFL had multiple opportunities to draft Malik Willis, and they didn't do it, despite the fact that some people thought he was a first-round caliber talent. So I don't know what Malik Willis will ultimately be and whether or not the Titans will will decide to center around him or if they'll decide that they want to go back and draft another quarterback in the future. I don't know. There's a deeper, there is what is believed to be a far deeper quarterback class this year than there was last year, where last year they ended up being one first-round pick that was a quarterback in Kenny Pickett. There is the belief there could be four, maybe five first-round picks that are quarterbacks this year. Of course, C.J. Stroud and and, um, Bryce Williams are very near the top of that list. Um, So I don't know. But I get the point, and it just got all of these people in Tennessee very worked up about it, Um, which is is humorous to me. I don't really know what they're doing either. Like, they were the ones that ran A.J. Brown out. I get it. It was going to cost you a lot of money to keep A.J. Brown around. I understand. But you think you're going to be better without him? Like, this is the bizarre part of all of this to me. I, I, Hollywood Brown wanted out of Baltimore. Okay, but there was, there were questions about Hollywood Brown. There was a reasonable thing to say, like, maybe if the guy wants this much money, we're not going to pay him that much money because he's not that guy. But A.J. Brown was. He was that guy. I don't get it. I don't know what they're doing there. Yeah. I I don't understand it. Now, they still have Derrick Henry. Yeah, but And so, if. If Derrick Henry can stay healthy and be Derrick Henry, you can win a lot of football games just by having that guy on the field. But I think as long as you can cover Robert Woods, you can sell out on the run so hard. I like, understand which... the argument for that. I think you're also trying to write off Traylon Burks because you watched one preseason <laughs> game. <laughs> and you got to be... Uh, no offense, well, uh, you have to be smarter than that. Like you have to be smarter than to think you can write off a player because his you his concerns them for in the draft running. were that he can't separate. and Robert Jackson I, was. I, un- I understand that, and I'm not telling you that Traylon Burks is going to be a great player. I don't know, right? But I think trying. This is why to it's fun. Say, I love overreacting. God, this is why I oh, can't another, do this.
1: If I set the uh, Jesus. if I set the over under at point five, Cowboys jerseys
0: last night what that's, would you take it's definitely a weird bit i mean i obviously the answer is over yeah. because i saw two two in my section oh, there you go that is a weird um,
1: bit but uh, Michael parsons pro Bowl.
0: but this is also what happens when people are giving away tickets like this is what happens when you don't have to pay money i there was something like pro football talk put a story up where like you can get commanders preseason tickets for as low as one dollar like dude look around like, that's not a story. There are plenty of things we can make fun of the Commanders about. I assure you, there is a never-ending list of things that we can have make fun of when it comes to the Commanders. That list does not end ever. But it ain't the fact that nobody wants to go to the preseason games because, ditto, every other team in the league. The Commanders thing is funny because nobody wants to go to any of the real games either. But anybody could have had a... a my God, I could not have had more people... Ask me if I wanted their preseason tickets. Griffin wanted them. (laughs) I think our buddy buddy Lil Jordan took some, too, that I had been offered. I was offered four more earlier in the week and four more last night. You sure you don't want to take your kids to the Ravens game tonight? At some point, I might. I might. I don't know. And there was a part of me last night that was like, maybe I will. But then I'm like, no, I don't want that. I don't want to deal with that. I can't. And the Orioles were playing. And the (laughs) Orioles matter. (laughs) By the way, I don't know how this works out. That there, there's a stupid preseason game on a Sunday night next week, and and the Orioles are playing on Sunday night. Ugh. How the I hell is think, that a I thing? Didn't even think about that. How the hell is that a thing?
1: How crazy how that works out. Like
0: how in the <laughs> hell does that happen? Like it makes no sense. What are we doing? The
1: Orioles haven't had a Sunday night game in three it, years
0: it, it, <laughs> since since the Showalter era, and the first time they get one. Is the only time I've ever remembered there being a preseason game on a Sunday night. <laughs> the hell are we doing? So it will be another pre. But you know what? The, the, I will say, the nice part about that is it gives me a better way to avoid watching the preseason. There is some part of me. Well, now I have a huge dilemma. N- no, there is no dilemma. Oh, yeah. God. Oh my God, what's wrong with you?
2: I um, have to use all the screens. Once
0: upon a time, I had really thought about putting the effort in to try to go up to uh, Williamsport to see it, but i'm out this is what happens all the time i'm like i'm really gonna do that and then i get closer to i'm like god that requires a lot of effort (laughs) i'm too old for that if like 25 year old glenn would have put in all of that effort i would have been there i did so many insane things I, i took a weekend where i drove i woke up on saturday morning drove to morgantown for a maryland west virginia game then drove to cincinnati after the game was over oh my for the Ravens-Bengals game on okay, I mean, these are Sunday afternoon these are and then drove back from Cincinnati to be on the morning show on Monday morning at 6 a.m. It's insane. I can't believe I read But I that it. was the meticulous I would go that deep into. I planned a trip around – going to the U.S. Open final on Sunday night, and then the first game at the new Jets stadium was the uh, Ravens-Jets Monday night football game in week one. I planned a trip around. I'm going to do both of those things, and that blew up in my face because the uh, U.S. Open final got rained out because that was before they put a
2: roof on the stadium.
0: It's not full, that I'm, full circle. Yeah, not that I'm not <laughs> still bitter about that. Like, I used to do these types of crazy things. I would, like, look at a calendar, and I'd be like, wow, ha huh. huh. You were, you were getting mad at me when I went to a game in Pittsburgh a couple couple months ago. Well, that, that was random. That if it was an Orioles game, it would have made sense. Griffin. I went doing a random ass game. <laughs> <laughs> you were like, ah, I'm doing nothing. Now, again, I've combined. If I was doing something, I think if I remember correctly, there was a a Maryland Boston College game and a like UFC fight in oh. New Jersey on the way. I like planned a weekend around. I was gonna go. Saturday. That's a great weekend. I don't. I don't remember how this worked. Maybe it was the fight for some reason on a Friday night. I don't know. It could be yeah. somehow. Oh no! It wasn't UFC. It was Strike Force. and it was when they were doing the heavyweight tournament. It was the um, Fedor, and uh, it was like they did this heavyweight this Grand Prix, and the card was at the Meadowlands Arena that doesn't exist anymore. That they tore down. That the Nets used to play at. Um, I don't remember what the name of that arena was, but they they did the big fight there, and somehow there was a Maryland... Like, I literally like, drove to Boston and then stopped in New Jersey on the way back or something. Like It was insane, the effort that I put into doing this, but that was the type of thing that I would use to do, but it always had to involve something like of significance, of rooting interest, of coverage interest, of something along those lines, not a random one-off... Pittsburgh, who was it? Washington, something yeah, like it was. that. Was. Pittsburgh, Washington was. baseball game. The hell do I care about that? For? It was dollar dog. <laughs> well, you know what I do. You know what? If you would have <laughs> told me that to begin with, <laughs> I might have felt differently about it. I do love a dollar dog. Patrick Stevens got me to go out to Ohio two summers ago. He, he called me up. He was like, "Hey man," because Patrick loves uh, uh, bobblehead dolls. He's he's he, uh, he collects bobbleheads. And Patrick was like, "Hey man," the, um, Saturday night uh, Reds game, Sunday afternoon Orioles uh, Indians game. And it was, you know, like in 19, it was when the Orioles were terrible. I'm like, "Ah, you know, I think I'm good. And then he was like, well, what if I told you it's also the weekend that the tennis tour is in Cincinnati? I was like, you son of a bitch. So I ended up doing all three. I went and and watched uh, uh, Novak Djokovic and Roger Roger Federer. Because Cincinnati gets a great—it's um, one of the—it's the—it's the tune-up for the U.S. Open. It's where all the big players play before they play in the U.S. Open. That I went to a Reds game and got the Scott Schebler bobblehead doll that we made fun of for you. That's I a don't good one. know. That's a good one. I don't know what happened to that one because we kept it in the studio forever because it was a hilarious bobblehead. And then I got a Jim Tomey bobblehead at the Orioles Indians game the next day because I think that was the summer that Tomey went into the Hall of Fame. I think. I think. I think that was the bit. Um, so, yeah, I've done, I've done some things like this. I have done – I used to really plan these things. And, and a year ago, or whenever – because I think that this was originally planned, but then they canceled it related to the pandemic. So whenever they made it formal that this was going to happen with the Orioles and the Red Sox next Sunday in Williamsport, I was like, oh, dude, I'm going. Like, I'll get a <laughs> credential. I'll, you know, I'll do it. Then I start doing the math. I'm like, I'm going to have to drive back from Williamsport at, like, 1 in the morning – Nah, nah. I'm good. Easy. When I was a kid, I would do that. And if I was getting paid, I would do it. Like if somebody was paying me money, I I had to do a lot of that. When I was working for the Patriot League, doing games on XM, and I would have to do like a a Bucknell Colgate game on a a on a on a Monday night. I always enjoyed my trips to Bucknell. Actually, they got great Bucknell. That community. The nice thing about Central Pennsylvania is that like there's so little going on that they like. They pack these games. I did games at Lehigh. Lehigh's building is too big to really pack. It's a massive Bucknell building. Bucknell goes all out for wrestling, too, I think. Uh, yeah, oh, my yeah. God, do they go all out for well, – Lehigh goes all out. They, they, all of those schools go <laughs> all out for wrestling. But I did so many games at Bucknell, Lehigh, and Lafayette um, during that stretch that, like, I, I got to know the people there. Like, I really liked the people there, in fact. Like, they, I, 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 they were great people. Uh, Tim Kempton was playing for uh, Lehigh at that point, was a really good player. Um, but I had so, so many of those games, and inevitably, it would be like a snowy night at, at 11 o'clock, I'd be driving back from central Pennsylvania, but I was getting compensated for it. I was getting money. I would just be doing this for the sake of going, which again, would be cool, but like, I would need to prepare a little bit better. I'd need to get a hotel in Williams. Oh, I could go stay, go stay with, um... Mark Messina, actually. I should have thought that through now that I think about it. I could have gone to Not too late, not too late. I could have stayed with um, Mark. Damn it. Wow. Oh, I really regret that now, actually, that I think about it. I'm like, I actually know somebody there that I could have I worked this out. I th- he lives in Williamsport. No, he lives in Montoursville. Take that back. But I don't think it's far. I don't think it's far. I think I could have pulled this off. It's a distance. What am I doing? This isn't a show. <laughs> this is just me rambling. Let's change the subject. Um... That's all, I'm going, it's all I've got for you about the preseason game. We're not going to speak about it anymore. Uh, Jeffrey Chidia is going to join us, though, and we're going to talk to him about the Ravens' defense. We That is an actually worthy uh, discussion point that has nothing to do with a preseason game whatsoever. Hour number one of today's show is in the books. It was also brought to you by Glory Days Grill. God, what a day we had yesterday.
1: <laughs> yesterday was a very busy What a day. day.
0: We were on until like 1 o'clock. <laughs> It's just more and more happening, and part of it was that our friends from Glory Days Grill stopped by with wonderful food. Uh, people seemed to enjoy. I, I posted a picture. I did the. Did you see the bit that I did on Facebook, Griffin? I did not. Mm. Mm. I did. Unf- you didn't get us a lot of engagement with your Twitter content. I got myself quite uh, my a bit apologies. of engagement. I posted I, the. Uh, I did. In fact, um, in fairness, we hadn't seen the uh, Antonio Brown thing yet. Ah. Uh, I did the uh, Antonio Brown bit on Facebook. Where I said, um, what did I say? Hang on. I said, my biggest regret in my career isn't that I turned down Mornings in Phoenix to work for a radio station that was only a few years away from death in Baltimore, or that I wore a Speedo in public, or that I consumed bull testicles. It's that I was willing to share the South Carolina barbecue chicken from Glory Days Grill with my friends today instead of just consuming it all myself. Eating it was like watching the Beatles and Jesus play together at Red Rocks.
1: That's pretty good.
0: Got, got a lot of engagement on that one. I got couldn't a believe lot that Antonio Brown thing was real. I... Well, it's not really real. It's shtick. It was a thing that was floating around that was fake on Twitter that he just decided oh, to... Oh, he reposted it. Yes, oh, he just okay. decided to take okay. it for himself. It was shtick okay. that he just decided to own. There's uh, Antonio Brown is very unlikable for a lot of reasons. This is not one of them. This is funny. But he's he's a horrible person, so I don't, you know... This doesn't, this doesn't make me say, "Ah, that guy, ah, that, that kidder, that prankster. But it did get me a little content, and that's what I want. Uh, but I mean it. I should have eaten that entire, God, when the, I opened that thing, in South Carolina barbecue, I, I didn't know what I was looking at. Do you think North Carolina gets embarrassed? Like North Carolina barbecue is pathetic. North Carolina barbecue is disgusting. North Carolina barbecue, they, they should be ashamed of their existence. And by the way, North Carolina has other things going for it. And the one redeemable thing about North Carolina Barbecue is they did bring us the Hush Puppy, and the Hush Puppy is a delicious little kind of side treat. Don't get me wrong about that. But everything else about uh, North Carolina Barbecue is an abomination. Meanwhile, South Carolina Barbecue. How in the hell are these two places so close, and yet they are so far apart? One place knows exactly what they're doing. The other place just spits on a plate and says, enjoy. God, South Carolina barbecue chicken is perfect with that gold sauce. Oh, my. Oh, it's so good. Um, so get over to Glory Day's Grill and try it before it's gone. Of course, I keep telling you. Uh, Mark Tenley messaged me last night said, hey, I got my uh, I got my gift card from winning Would You Rather Wednesday. What's the name of that, that thing you keep talking about? It is the opener, the flash-fried pork belly in the Korean number two sauce, and I swear by it. There are very few things that I would risk – my life for maybe let's take a step back on that that i would risk my reputation within society for and one of them is the opener at glory days grill it is that good swear to it glorydaysgrill.com is the website i take nothing away from the lobster roll oh yeah excellent i housed a thing in the the grilled (laughs) corn i mean I did an entire break (laughs) i didn't quite finish the ear in one break but i could have i could have It's that good. I mean, grilled corn, of course, in general is perfect. Um, Summer seasonal menu, glorydaysgrill.com. Jeffrey Chidia, NFL Network. He's going to join us next to talk about the Ravens defense. Glenn Clark Radio.
3: That first sip. (laughs) That first bite. Mmm.
0: Swagger is a daily fantasy sports site created for sports fans who want some skin in the game and a real shot at winning. For get plus minus odds, Swagger uses points for a better way to understand probabilities. If you're tired of losing because of one bad pick, with Swagger you don't need to be perfect to win. You just create a lineup of 4-10 to simple player props and score points for the ones you get right. So you can be half right and all right with Swagger. Swagger offers the most player props and biggest payouts of any DFS site as much as 50 times your buy-in. Plus you can play all the major pro sports including your favorite local team, if you're ready to play, visit playwithswagger.com pressbox to sign up and Swagger will give you $10 free to try them out, plus they'll match your first deposit 100% up to 100 bucks. It's free money to play with Swagger, Swagger, Daily Fantasy, for all fankind, playwithswagger.com slash pressbox.
4: These are the final days for you to pick up the very special Salute to Coaches issue of PressBox, with John Harbaugh on the cover and eight other area high school, college, and pro coaches recognized inside. With amazing stories told by the athletes whose lives they've impacted the most, you can find the Salute to Coaches issue for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always read every PressBox print issue at PressBoxOnline.com and coming soon. Our football preview issue, which features Ravens tight end Mark Andrews on the cover and profiles of players from Maryland Navy Towson and Morgan State whether your
3: focus is luxury and comfort convenience and technologically advanced connectivity or sporty performance and aggressive styling we've got the perfect Highlander for you check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today Sports betting has come
5: to Maryland, and we're ready to help you win some money. Tune in for Simply the Bets every Tuesday morning at 1140. Fendel Sportsbook GM Leon Twyman and v Aaron Oster join the guys every week to give you all of the info you need and offer you a few winners. And every other Thursday at 1140, tune in for Weekend at Bookies as Andrew Stecka and Alloy Sports' Brad Cronthall help make you some money for the weekend. So come win some money with us on Simply the Bets every Tuesday and Weekend at Bookies every other Thursday
0: Visit Howard County presents the 2022 Major League Quidditch Championship, a Harry Potter-inspired, real-life, full-contact, mixed-gender, 12-team Quidditch tournament happening at Troy Park in Elkridge, August 20th through the 22nd. For tickets and more information, go to visithowardcounty.com. Maryland, be open for it. Don't forget that full
5: episodes of the show are available for free on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, and YouTube. But warning, you get what you pay for. You're listening to Glenn Clark Radio.
0: Back in here on GCR on a Friday edition of the program. Um, I did not get my swag. You know what? Before we end today, we're going to put try to put a new swagger lineup in because I did not. I I started making one yesterday and I forgot to finish it.
1: This one can't get rained out either tonight.
0: Well, but it doesn't have to be uh, the uh, Orioles. So we Remember, we can go okay. all over teams. We can uh, mix and match again. I think I I think I have a better feel right. for you the picked, Orioles. Uh, but
1: you, I know you said what Corey
0: Seager. Oh yeah, and what did, what did he, Corey?
1: he went one for five, so he did get a hit, but he. Did he it hit. had to be two it had uh, to be two
0: hits so thankfully I didn't get my lineup in oh I'm so glad I didn't get my lineup in last night because I would have missed that one I started making it and I I I, tried to, I got a second one on there but I just we were very uh, busy yesterday uh, w- and I appreciate this is one of the things I like about Swagger Swagger will sign you out because you're a, like somebody else could come by and access your money right so they've got a kind of a quick trigger if inactivity, they're going to sign you out immediately because they don't want you to leave your account up somewhere and let somebody else come in and access your money. So I appreciate that about Swagger. Thank you to Swagger for that because I, that could become a problem. Look, it's not going to happen here because there's like three of us that work here. But if you worked in a real office where there's a bunch of people working and you leave it up and somebody walks by, they could have access. To your money. So uh, that's a good thing. The Swagger signed me out before I could finish my uh, ticket yesterday. So before we wrap up today, we'll make a Swagger ticket. All right. Uh, Had to do this a little bit earlier because of his schedule as he's been traveling around, seeing a bunch of teams during training camp. Uh, But opportunity to catch up with our friend Jeff Chidia from NFL Network and NFL.com right here on GCR. Well, our next guest spent some time in Owings Mills with the Ravens recently. He's always been a friend of ours from NFL Network, NFL.com. He's Mr. Jeff Chidia, and he's back with us here on GCR. Jeff, it's Glenn. Always great to catch up, man. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us.
6: Same here, man. Always happy to do it.
0: So you were out spending some time focusing on the Ravens' defense. And I feel like this is such an interesting conversation because obviously there's a new coordinator but I think, and you kind of alluded to it based on the context of last year, but I, I don't know, I feel like there's like a bigger identity. Crisis is probably an unfair word, but this is the, the history of this franchise, of course, has been surrounded by great defense. And I don't know, it, it feels like it hasn't necessarily been the case for a little while. It's been a solid defense, it's been a good defense, has it been a great defense? And I don't know what to expect from this year's defense.
6: Yeah, it is interesting because as much as injuries were a big part of what happened last year when they were, you know, had some of the worst numbers they've had in a long time on defense, it's so too was the fact that the NFL is changing, uh, the personnel is changing. I, I think so much of their defenses in the past, you know, when they were really dominant, that the fronts were so great and from you know the D line, the, the linebacker unit, and now it feels like, and again, this is an NFL trend, so much is being put upon the secondary. And so when I look at this team, I look at what Mike McDonald, their new coordinator, wants to do this unit. I think he's being very smart in allowing the talent to dictate what the personality is, what the identity is of this bunch. Instead of just coming in and saying, you know, I was with Wink Martin, the same stuff we've been doing. And so, yeah, I'm excited to see what he does because he had great success at Michigan. I think he's got a lot of talent, especially on that back end to work with.
0: I thought that was one of the interesting parts in what you said. I, I, you know, it's I, I, as you'd imagine the the pass rush is the big question that we've been talking about here in Baltimore. Is um, you know, it's been a while since there's been a guy that you can <laughs> just sort of singularly count on. Really, since Terrell Suggs, with with a couple blips, Judon, you know, had a nice season in there. Um, and and there's a lot of questions with Tyus Bowser coming back from injury. When will we see David Ajabo? John Harbaugh's pretty bullish about it, but you know, we, we have we don't know that for certain, and he's still a rookie to begin with. Um, is there enough there and, and to your like we always said that Wink Martindale was so good at scheming pressure. What do we know about Mike McDonald as far as his ability to scheme pressure if it's not going to be from one particular player who's just constantly winning matchups?
6: Well, I can tell you that when we talked the other day about this, he said when he got to Michigan, he wanted to be more of a pressure-based defense, and he had the luxury of having Aiden Hutchinson and and David Ajabo there to just provide that kind of heat just just from the front four, from the edge. And so my guess is he has a lot of creativity. And when you have the kind of safeties that he has, you know, from Kyle Hamilton to Marcus Williams to Tony Jefferson to Chuck Clark, you know, you you have some options there that can give you some looks and give you some creativity. And I live in Kansas City, and I see some of the same things happening here where the pass rush, which has been such a constant for years, has been lacking, and now they've invested heavily in their own second so I think a lot of teams want to play the way the Rams do. I mean, it helps to have Aaron Donald, right.
1: but let's <laughs> right. have multiple
6: right. DBs back there. Let's have a lot of versatility in what we do. The Chargers have done this as well with, with Derwin James, DeSante Samuel, and that crew. And, and the idea is, look, if we can't get to the quarterback with a dominant you know, front four rush or front three, front five rush, whatever you want to call it in Baltimore, let's, let's do it by confusion. Let's do it by creating complexity. And so that, I think, is going to be a big part of what they do, is just really relying on, on all those DBs to, to cover and create confusion and to be able to blitz from different angles.
0: Which, of course, does appear to be their biggest area of strength and, and depth, and it, it's been the way they've gone. Jeff Chadias with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. Jeff, the one thing I keep coming back to, as the Ravens have, have constantly shown, in the Eric DaCosta era, we're going to build from the outside in on defense, and the analytics would suggest... Hey, that is the be- the best way to go about building a great defense is to strengthen your secondary. But boy, I think back to that game against Kansas City a year ago, and when they needed to make one play in order to try to win the game, it came from way, And you know, we reference obviously what the Rams do. I, yeah. I I feel like there's this sort of weird struggle that I'm having where I understand that like statistically, putting together a good defense probably does need to come from strong secondaries. But given the nature of the game and the rules in the league, doesn't it still need to be someone big and a difference maker up front that yeah. makes the plays in the game or on the line?
6: It does, but the problem is that those kind of players are becoming a lot like franchise quarterbacks. And it's fair. They're just harder to find. They're just way harder to find. So if you're not able to get, even if you have one, you, you probably need to find another person to, off, to, to to compliment that person, to take some pressure off him because you can double-team that person and take them out of the game. Uh, so, you know, look, I, I think when Khalil – Khalil Mack's a great example. When he went to Chicago, he had a great year, his first year there, uh, had a great defense around him. But over time, that great front became less effective and that team became less dominant because they just didn't have the other pieces there. Mm-hmm. And so I think to rely – to be so heavily reliant on – a dominant ed rusher to show up, it's just, one, it's expensive. So sure. when you're talking about having to pay your quarterback, a franchise quarterback, a bunch of money, that's always going to be a part of your thinking. So I, I understand where the Ravens are coming from, and maybe David Ojabo becomes that that guy when he gets healthy who can be that difference maker up right. front. But until you find him, you, know, you kind of have to play these kind of games on, on, on your defense
0: to be effective. I get it. And, I, but look, I still – I think we liked a lot of the things that we saw from Adafio away a year ago. It maybe wasn't the complete season um, yeah. from start to finish, but I think there are a lot of promising signs that hopefully he can continue to grow in that role as well. Um, Jeff, you know how this works in the NFL when a player either becomes available or is hypothetically available. Every fan base in the league wants that guy. You know how this goes. Um, in yeah. particular – Ravens fans <laughs> wanted Roquan Smith years ago when he was in the draft and and we're hoping that he could slip a little bit and and boy, he seems to check every box and the thought of him lining up next to Patrick Queen you can't help but salivate and Ravens fans aren't the only ones that feel that way. A lot of analysts around the league have portrayed the Ravens as being perta- perhaps the best fit for a Roquan Smith. I know that it's still unlikely because it's just very unravens like to give up significant assets and for a guy, you're going to have to pay a boatload of money at a non-prime position. But, damn, I can't help it, Jeff. Like, <laughs> I can't. I just look at it and say, yeah, yeah. my God, imagine that defense with that guy in the middle.
6: Yeah, it'd be, it'd be a wrecking crew. That's for sure. I mean, he, he has talent, and he fits what they do. But the problem, as you mentioned, is that the last thing you said was a, a non-prime position. And that is, is, I think, the biggest factor Affecting what the Bears are trying to do with him, yeah. Because as much as he is a player, a big time player, and he's playing an iconic position in that franchise, if your first year general manager Ryan Poles, do you really want to break the bank your first big move on on an off ball linebacker? And it's I tell people all the time, go tell me who was playing linebacker for the Rams last year when they won a championship. That's very
7: fair. And very you'd a,
6: fair. You'd have a you'd have a hard time up with the names and so um as much as i like roquan smith i feel like his you know his likelihood of winding up in some place like baltimore is, is not great just because of what i just said i think you you're gonna pay the quarterback a bunch of money you're gonna have other needs as, as you go forward and unfortunately linebackers off ball linebackers are becoming a lot like running backs they, they still have great value in a lot of ways, but they are
0: also uh, quite expendable when it comes to, to paying that kind of money. It's the reality. That is the reality. But, man, he is, I, I don't know. There's just something about him. He's just a machine, man. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. It's very appealing for that reason. Um, uh, Jeff, I, you know, and again, big picture, how, how important is it? Is the Ravens defense less important? And important is maybe the wrong word, but I, I hope you're a smart guy and I'm an idiot, so you, yeah. can, you can work through this with me. If the Ravens are able to do what they want to do offensively, and we're all working under the assumption that that's going back to the 2019 scheme and pounding the run and running and running more and controlling the clock and doing those things, does it alleviate some of that pressure on the Ravens' defense if they go back to that? And do you think they can successfully go back to that?
6: Well, I believe they can, and I I do believe that's what they should be doing and i understand that look i think the last couple of years uh, the narrative has been how can you make lamar jackson a better passer a more efficient passer so you can compliment that kind of running game when teams try to take it away and, and i i think he's grown in that area he certainly has a ways to go still but sometimes you can get so consumed with with trying to be something that you, you become so aspirational you can get away from, from what really works well. And, and the vibe I get just watching them and just watching them from afar and seeing them in practice is that they want to get back to yeah. to what they were in 2019 uh, when they were effective. And you saw that defense, you know, again, being able to play up to hit, it's, its potential. I think if they're able to – I look at the Eagles as being a great example of what they should be doing. You know, embrace what you have there. I mean, Jalen Hurst is not going to be the next Patrick Mahomes. But they were able to create an offense around him that was very much like what the Ravens did in 2019, and it got them into the playoffs. I just think, you know, it's not everybody has to be throwing the football a few times a game to win. And if you have the kind of defense they have, and you play special teams the way they play special teams, that's a great way to play winning football as well.
0: Can you win a Super Bowl doing it?
6: I think you can. And I always tell people that when the Ravens were playing the 49ers, Back in 2012 in the Super Bowl, that if Colin Kaepernick had completed uh, that touchdown pass yep. to, to Crabtree instead of Jimmy Smith, whatever defending it or knocked whatever he did, uh, it was uh, a very it was clean. Game. It was a
0: very clean play, Jeff. I'm not sure what you're alluding to. Yeah. It was a super clean yeah. play, uh, and yeah. uh, and kudos to the officials for doing the great work that they did. We, we got to give them a lot of credit yeah, for he- that
6: Exactly. they saw they did what 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 guys in perch should be doing. They they called it the way the, the Ravens fans should be calling it. But but I think that's how close that kind of system and that kind of quarterback were to winning a championship and if that had happened, you wouldn't be having these conversations about Lamar Jackson or Michael Bickett winning a championship back when he was playing for the Falcons. It's just it's unfortunate that it hasn't happened yet. I look at the way football has evolved and what's, what's been coming out of college lately. The idea of having somebody who plays that way, um, you know, it, it, it's, it's not yeah. unlikely that it's going to happen someday. It, it's not Lamar Jackson, it's going to be somebody else.
0: Jeff, it's such a good point. And I, I, we just had a conversation about this the other day where I feel like because it hasn't happened, um, there is this suggestion that it's very far away from happening. And like, you know, the Ravens yeah. were in the second round against the Bills two years ago in the worst win conditions in the history of ever. And if J.K. Dobbins doesn't whiff on a block, Lamar Jackson throws a touchdown to Mark Andrews and all of a sudden it's a tie game and who knows what happens from there, right? Like it, it, there is this revisionist thing that because it hasn't happened yet, people can just continuously say, well, there's no way it could happen when the reality is it's really not that far away. And, on a national level, as you allude to in the column, most people don't really know what happened with the Ravens a year ago, just their record didn't end up being very good. They don't really know that it was because they lost half of the players on their roster.
6: <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. And you're right. It's, I'm old enough to remember back when Peyton Manning was playing, it took him eight years to win a championship, right. and there were people legitimately talking about can this guy win the championship?
0: Right. No, uh, Peyton know, and, and so, yeah. Uh-huh.
6: Yeah. Peyton Manning. Right. Yeah, Peyton Manning. So it's like it's we we tend to forget those things, and or we tend to forget the year that that Cam Newton had in Carolina when they had a magical year and it ran point. into a pretty good Denver team uh, in the Super Bowl and lost. I mean that team was fifteen and one. Um, so you know it, it's it's not easy to win a championship as you guys you know you have two in Baltimore in the last twenty years, but uh, but I do think that the way that as smart as that organization is as well as they've drafted as electric as Lamar Jackson can be when he's on on his game um, and what Mike McDonald, that defense, can do. I think that there, there there are great possibilities for this team still.
0: Jeff, I know you're a busy man. I know it's that time of the year where you guys are in different cities every day. Um, is there something I can plug for you, Something somewhere we're going to see you, hear you, anything like that?
6: Uh, right now I'm going to take a little bit. I'm going to take about – Two or three days off, so I'm going to take a break because I've been on the go for the yeah. last two weeks and about five or six teams. So I have nothing going on until uh, probably after we get to the first week of preseason. So I'm kind of be laying low for a little bit. Well, good I'd for you, Arizona State.
0: Enjoy that. To,
6: uh, yeah, so I'm going to have some fun.
0: Very cool, man, very cool. It'll be hot, that's for sure. It'll yeah. be hot out there. Well, those guys, Ravens, will go out there too,
6: right? When that's I true. To well, I mean,
0: too. it makes no freaking sense.
6: Why <laughs> in the
0: world are you playing a Breezy's? All right, that's a conversation for a different day. At Jeffrey Chedia, yeah. uh that's J-E-F-F-R-I-C-H-A-D-I-H-A on Twitter is how you follow him. Jeff, really appreciate it, man. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. No problem, thank you. So, um, you know, I, I I think he's right about Roquan Smith. I mean, I do. I just and I said that from the get go. It I get it. I understand why the Ravens are popping up whenever you look on Twitter and you know, somebody posts a story, here are the four teams that make the most sense for Roquan Smith. I get it. It makes all the sense in the world. I love, I love Roquan Smith as a player. Understand. But for the Ravens at this point to give up assets And pay a large amount of money for an inside linebacker? No. No. It it would be as good of a player as he is. And as much as the Ravens have tried to do the you, you know, you zig we zag thing, and it's not just in relation to their offense, they've done it defensively by, you know, we, who do we have on a couple weeks ago that talked about. How kind of wild it is that they're they're prioritizing safety at a time where the rest of the league is not prioritizing safety. We had a great conversation. I can't yeah. remember who it was. God, it's gonna drive me nuts. A really great conversation about, um, you know, th- th- this this zigging where other people zag thing is not unique. They looked at the draft and they said, "You guys, we think this is the best center prospect that, that's been around in a decade, and you guys don't want him." Okay, we'll take him. Because you just don't think that you should draft a center in the first round. Now, I get it. Tyler Linderbaum's hurt, and that complicates things. You're going to let Kyle Hamilton slip just because he's a safety? Okay, we'll take him. Now, will that work? This goes back to what Jeffrey Chidia was saying. This is the problem when you use such a high pick on a player at a non-prime position. So At some point, you also have to pay that player an extraordinary amount of money simply based on the fact that they were that high of a pick. It's a difficult spot to be in. Roquan Smith is a wrecker. He's a wrecker. But can you as a franchise afford to do that right now? Can you keep saying, you know, we're not going to pay the edge rushers. We're not going to pay – we're going to use our money in different – we're not going to pay wide receivers <laughs> – and can you continue to figure out a way to build? It's, it's not Moneyball, right? Because you're still spending the same amount of money. You're just spending it in different ways. Moneyball was spending less money. But it's, it's something like that. It's something like, here's what you guys are doing. We're going to try something else. And it's, it's worked to an extent, but there's got to be a limit to how much of it you can do. You decided to spend big money this offseason, but you spent it on a safety. Okay, I like Marcus Williams. I think he's a good football player. I mean, I really do. I like him. Is it going to be the difference in whether or not you can win a Super Bowl, or will you end up lamenting the fact that you didn't spend that money at another position on a wide receiver? That you didn't spend that money on an edge rusher? I don't know, but I think there's got to be a a breaking point there. There's only so much you can do asset-wise at non-prime positions. And we know part of it is you're about to spend a bunch of money, we think, on the quarterback. And we do have to talk about that, too, That report from Jason Cole last night. Um, But we think that's part of it and, you know, you did spend money on Ronnie Stanley. That is a prime. Left tackle, of course, is a prime position. You did spend money, and you need that money to work for you at some point. Not a shot at Ronnie Stanley, because injuries happen, but in order for this to work, the way that you choose to spend money, when you do spend money on a prime position, you can't have it end up being wasted money. That money that you spend on Ronnie Stanley's got to end up benefiting you by him being on the field and making an impact and being the player that you know you thought you were spending money on when you decided to give big money to Ronnie Stanley. So I, I just think that at some point there's got to be a limit to it. and I, I get I get it. I love Roquan Smith as a player. I, lo- I really do. I am enamored with Roquan Smith. I just think he's a monster, but I just don't think they can. I don't think they can, and I think Jeffrey Chidi and I are feeling kind of the same way. Great player, guy that you would like to have on your football team, but can you do this for him? You can always go back to the, like, hey, the salary cap's not real, and you can say all those things. And then a lot of jokes this week were, why are we pretending like Roquan Smith's not just going to be a Ram in a couple of days? Like, that's... even though they have Bobby Wagner, you know what I mean? Like, even with Bobby Wagner there, like, let's be honest, he's just going to be a Ram because everybody's going to be a Ram because they don't care about their draft picks and the salary cap's not real to them. They're just going to keep acquiring everybody else's good players. And for what it's worth, they won a Super Bowl. So it's the conversation that I've had a couple times this offseason. Maybe what we're learning is the way that the Buccaneers and the Rams have done things the last couple years is the way that everybody else should be doing things. And instead of valuing your own internal assets, you should just value having good players. Don't know. I mean, I can't say it definitively. But I think he's right. I just don't think it's going to happen with Roquan Smith. The rest is to be to be determined, right? Like, can, can Adafi Owe continue to emerge? Could David Ajabo get on the field earlier than we thought he could? John Harbaugh appears to be bullish about that. But it's an easy thing to say when, you know, you, there's no guarantee. But it's like John Harbaugh saying, he's going to be back by week six or I'm going to give you guys a $1,000 each. Like, there's no penalty to it. Like, there's nothing you can... Having optimism can't be penalized. So we'll see. I hope he's right. But even if he does get on the field sooner than we thought, he's still a rookie. And he's still a rookie coming off a significant injury. So what reasonably could you be your expectations immediately? Adafe Owe had a pretty nice season a year ago, but does anybody think he's a top-flight pass rusher in the NFL? by reasonable standards, Adafioe played well. He made, obviously, the biggest play of the season for the Baltimore Ravens. Adafioe showed signs that he can play in this league. And by a reasonable expectation for a rookie edge rusher, that's a good thing. Again, you hope he grows. You hope Tyus Bowser gets back. Tyus Bowser did talk to the media last night, was not committal about week one. Um, Also cut his hair. Which really threw me off because I spent a lot of time with Tyus Bowser last season. I was like, "Whoa, hey, hello, what's going on there?" It was like when Tori once we were at Preakness once, and my wife and I were walking along, and all of a sudden, this man comes up <laughs> from this very large man comes up from behind and gives my wife a hug, and I'm like, "What the hell?" And it was Tori Smith. It was right when he had cut his dreads off the first time, and I like, but it took me a minute. I'm like, "What the? Who is that?" Oh. oh. And I love, Tori's a great guy. Of course, I think everybody knows my affinity for Tori Smith. Um, but in the, in the moment, I was like, what the hell is going on here? My wife was also confused. Um, uh, uh, but he was just a very sweet person, despite the fact that like he probably had met my wife all of twice at that point. He was just a, he was was just Tori Smith is a very sweet man, and so he wanted to come give her a hug. Um, I don't know what I was, oh, we were talking about Tyus Bowser. So Tyus right. Bowser says, you know, basically nothing. Like, he's asked, you know, you can be back by week one, and he was like, nah, I'm just going to take it day by day. Which doesn't mean no, but you would think if he was... Much of the way that J.K. Dobbins was quite yeah. confident, you would think if he was confident about it, he would probably say yes. Um, so that's not promising, necessarily, in solving this this puzzle. It There's there's a lot there. And it's a, it's a reasonable question to ask. Is... Mike McDonald going to be able to scheme pressure. Will the Ravens be able to create it without it having to be schemed and leaving cornerbacks one-on-one, even when you feel good about your secondary? And I think the Ravens, if they're all out there week one, will feel good about their secondary, but it's still asking a lot. Marlon Humphrey had his worst season last year. You hope that he plays better than that. But if you have to do more, as far as scheming pressure is concerned, that puts him into tougher situations. We will find out. We'll find out. Obviously can't get our answer today. All right. uh, When we come back in, let's talk about um, so Jason Cole, longtime NFL writer, friend of mine. um, He reported something related to Lamar Jackson last night. We will talk about that. Uh, I want to make a swagger lineup if we have time. And I saw this thing floating around this morning. We're just getting really worked up about an interview that Carson Wentz did. Um, And I just, I think it's interesting. I think it's an interesting topic about fair ways to ask questions and what the the president of the Washington Commanders is very angry about this interview. And I just want to talk about it. I, I don't care about Carson Wentz. I certainly don't care about the Commanders. But I think it's interesting. And I also think it's, it's, it's an, I think there's a lot that's interesting there unrelated to the Washington team. So um, we'll talk about all those things. All that coming up. It is a Friday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Swagger is a daily fantasy sports site created for sports fans who want some skin in the game and a real shot at winning. For get plus minus odds, Swagger uses points for a better way to understand probabilities. If you're tired of losing because of one bad pick, with Swagger, you don't need to be perfect to win. You just create a lineup of 4-10 to simple player props and score points for the ones you get right, so you can be half right and all right with Swagger. Swagger offers the most player props and biggest payouts of any DFS site as much as 50 times your buy-in. Plus, you can play all the major pro sports, including your favorite local team, if you're ready to play, visit playwithswagger.com pressbox to sign up, and Swagger will give you $10 free to try them out, plus they'll match your first deposit 100% up to 100 bucks. It's free money to play with Swagger. Swagger, daily fantasy, for all fankind. Playwithswagger.com slash pressbox.
4: Boulevard the biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common you've heard them on jobbing
6: out
0: matt and nick jackson the young bucks thanks for having us man. appreciate it the great kurt angle thanks for having me on the show i appreciate it and
2: matt riddle yeah man thanks
0: man the champ drew mcintyre Bill Goldberg. My pleasure. Charlotte.
2: Thank you so much for having me.
3: Mick Foley is with us. This is the greatest name for a wrestling show I've ever heard. MJF. I'm glad you're happy I'm on this show because I'm freaking miserable. Le Champion.
0: Chris Jericho. Le Champion.
6: AJ, Aaron, Brandon, and Glenn are talking pro wrestling every week on Jobbing Out. Find it at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio, iTunes, and SoundCloud.
4: Come experience Maryland's number one sports book. this NFL season. At the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, the ultimate place for any sports enthusiast. Take advantage of our 24-7 kiosks, massive video screens, and watch all the action from the best seat in the house. With more money paid out than anyone around, make every moment more at the new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org. Summer is in full swing, and so is the
0: summer seasonal menu at Glory Days Grill. Start with the opener, flash fried pork belly with their popular Korean number 2 sauce, and try their South Carolina barbecue chicken, or back by popular demand, the lobster roll with grilled corn. Also try the irresistible crab and lobster fries, or the very berry salad with chicken. And for dessert, the Cracker Jack Sundae with a waffle, ice cream, and Cracker Jacks. This menu will be going, going, gone. out more and get your order in at glorydaysgrill.com. Glory Days Grill, great food, good sports. To
5: follow the show on Instagram, it's just Glenn Clark Radio. And to follow the show on OnlyFans, wait, I don't think you're supposed to know about that one.
0: Any hoodle. Take it away, boys. All right, back in here on GCR. Don't forget, this coming Tuesday, the return of Simply the Bets, 1140 a.m. every Tuesday morning. And then next week will be the return of Weekend at Bookies on Thursday at 1140 a.m. every Tuesday for Simply the Bets. Every other Thursday for Weekend at Bookies. It's all brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Okay, so uh, Jason Cole, longtime NFL writer, uh, Hall of Fame voter, uh, man who's broke. Oh, hello. Broken quite a few stories during his career. I think his big first big one that um, he was associated with was uh, the Reggie Bush scandal. Uh, He broke that story, but he's broken a lot of stories over the years. I had no idea that um, Jason is now contributing to OutKick, which I have... I will not share any opinions about that, um, but that's apparently somewhere that he is now involved with to at least some capacity. Um, And Jason wrote something yesterday about Lamar Jackson's situation. And look, I Jason is a reporter, like a legit reporter. I uh, wrote a, a really lengthy John Elway book a couple years ago. I think that was the last time we had him on the show. He used to be on with me once a week. Um, but I think that was the last time we had Jason on the program was when he wrote this really lengthy John Elway, like this sort of authoritative biography about John Elway. Uh, Jason Cole writes at OutKick, the Lamar Jackson contract is about a lot more than money, which is saying something because it's also about a lot of money. According to a source familiar with both Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens' position on the negotiations, Jackson is asking for a contract that is both fully guaranteed and worth more than the $230 million that Cleveland gave the quarterback to Sean Watson on a five-year deal this offseason. Quote, why wouldn't he ask for more than Watson? Unquote, the source asked rhetorically. For what it's worth, that's what I said. Literally. And it's the same thing I said when everybody said that the Patrick Mahomes deal wouldn't set the market. This idea that a number exists and the next players would say, hey, hey, we get it. (laughs) That's for them. You wouldn't do that for us. It's silly. It's nonsensical. It's absurd, frankly. Whatever the circumstances are, and we we can do all of the math about the situation in Cleveland. The situation in Cleveland is they had burned a bridge with their quarterback. They were desperate, and there was one quarterback that was available at that point. When Baker Mayfield found out that they were flirting with deshaun watson it was over with baker mayfield so they had no backup plan they had to go all in now it's shameful that this is the guy they went all in for and it's a joke but they desperation created the circumstances by which deshaun watson was able to get this fully guaranteed 230 million dollar deal a lot of people expect the NFL's uh, arbiter to make an announcement today to try to prevent Deshaun Watson from starting in – because I think they're tonight is when their game yes, is scheduled. They, yeah. And they announced he, he would, he would start. So there, there's this sort of like bubbling thing among some people around the NFL that they think that there's some pressure on the NFL's arbiter to make a, an announcement today to try to – put the pressure on Cleveland to not play him like if he's suspended for the season I would presume that includes the preseason um, I, I guess that, that Deshaun Watson's camp tried to make a last ditch effort to negotiate an eight game suspension and a five million dollar fine um, and the belief is that the NFL is saying too little too late like we, we're not you know that maybe if they had made that offer initially the NFL might have just taken it I don't know it's very weird it's very weird that if like they're they're pushing very hard for a one year suspension like then why would they just not I don't know it's all very weird to me it's all very weird but we'll see we'll see if that comes together today and go back to the point the point being the idea that once that was out there that every other quarterback would just look and say well well that's for Deshaun Watson that's not for me I, I don't get that why how would that make sense? How would that make a lick of sense? You've got all of the leverage. You're the quarterback. If the Ravens don't have Lamar Jackson, they have nothing. They are worthless until they go get their next quarterback. I, I, I've never understood... And boy, it's been one of the things, it could be on that Greatest Hits collection. Um, I've talked about it at nauseum during the course of the year. This thing where the quarterbacks have all the leverage, but other people are just like, yeah, but they don't need to use it. Why not? Why not? Now, you can, of course, argue that if somebody thinks that they've got a good deal in front of them and it's not fully guaranteed and it's not as much money, but it's they're happy with it, that it's their right to choose that, that's fine. And if that's what Kyler Murray decided, that's what Kyler Murray decides. But there is no way to argue that someone shouldn't try to get this deal. Because if Cleveland's willing to offer it in their circumstance, think about how many teams won't have quarterbacks after this offseason. Or going into this offseason. Seattle's going into a season where they're not going to have a quarterback. They're just going to go play football this year without a quarterback. They're trying a weird, wacky bit where they're like, well, what if we didn't have one? Carolina thinks so little of Baker Mayfield, they were pretending like he was competing with Sam Darnold for a job. You know how funny that is? That we just played along with that? Like there was a competition between Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold? And I get it. None of us think that highly of Baker Mayfield. But come on. One of them has done something as a quarterback in this league. But they think so little of him. They're like, look, we'll take him. But we think so little of him, we're going to make him compete with Sam Darnold. You think that might be a team that's in the market for a quarterback again? Think the Jets could end up being in the market for a quarterback again pretty soon? They have Joe Flacco. There That's a great point. Says a lot about the situation they have. That Legitimately, there are people in New York who are like, they should probably just play Flacco. <laughs> you think it's possible the Giants couldn't be in the market for a quarterback again pretty soon? The Saints? Who are a half inch above going into a season without a quarterback? Like, they know the guy they have isn't really a quarterback, but they're like, hey, but he did throw a lot of touchdowns, and you just never know. I get it. It's better than Drew Locke and Geno Smith. I'm not pretending like Jameis Jameis Winston has at least done something in the NFL. We just know that there's a lot of the bad that comes with the good. That's the problem. You can't make an argument that Jameis Winston, of course, this will be the year he ends up becoming a quarterback, and then I'll feel foolish. Um, I'm going to clip this. Thank you. Houston's gone all in on Davis Mills. So again, I saw some things from a year ago. Like I saw a couple of things from. But really? Really? You think the Kirk Cousins experiment couldn't end at some point in Minnesota, Ryan Tannehill in Tennessee, Jared Goff in Detroit? How many how many teams are comfortable with their long-term health at quarterback around the league? 10, 12 maybe? Kansas City, Buffalo, The Chargers? The Bengals? I I guess Dallas is. I mean, I think a lot of us would ask some questions about that, but... Tampa's not, like... No, Tampa in long term definitely couldn't be. Green Bay long term couldn't be. I mean, I think Matt Ryan's going to work in Indianapolis, but that's short term. My God, I'm naming five. I mean, Matt Stafford probably has a few more years in him, but long term would be the wrong way to say it. I just don't think the Rams... I think he's probably got a, at least enough more years in him that they're probably not quickly in the market. But, you know, I, I'm giving it a six, but I'm kind of fudging on the sixth. I'm kind of like, yeah, there is a sixth. I mean, Cleveland probably can't do it again next year, but so I guess I'll put them on the list. But, my God, we're putting Deshaun Watson on this list in order to get to seven. I'm probably forgetting something just off the top of my head. Uh, uh, Russell Wilson's going to be around for a little while. I would think that they're maybe pretty. Derek Carr. Like, Yeah, you know, Derek Carr's closer to that. Than, oh, and you said uh, say, I did. I said the her. Chargers. Yes, yeah. I definitely said the Chargers. You know, but, but yes, that's fair. Derek Carr is, is closer to this list than the other list at this point. Like, I, I, I still not, I don't think he's a. Oh, God. I can't believe I'm going to use this word. I still don't think he's an elite quarterback. Trevor Lawrence. Like. I have no idea. Tua is, I guess, closer to this list than he is, but again, they, they like Tua so much they tried to get a different quarterback last offseason. Mac Jones... Uh... Why in the world wouldn't he use his leverage? So I I don't have any reason... I, there's two things that I would say about this. I'd be very surprised if this was Eric DaCosta telling him directly. But I don't think that Jason Cole simply made this up either, and I don't. I think the, the part of it is that it's reasonable. Anyone representing Lamar Jackson would say, look, man, you know the, the table's been set. Do you want to pull up your chair or not? You know what it costs now. That's what it costs. Now, the flip side is the risk. That if, this is what's going on here, is the Ravens are saying, we don't want to pay that, there's risk on both sides. There's risk from Lamar Jackson, one, that he's giving up money this year. That if the Ravens offered something else that wasn't that, but was closer to the Kyler Murray deal, he's making less money this year than he has to make. He's leaving money on the table this year, specifically, because he's playing for $23 million. Any contract that you would do would make sure via guarantees that you're getting more than $23 million this year. So he's definitely leaving money on the table. That's the first risk that's involved. The second part of the risk for Lamar Jackson is, of course, the injury side of things. And again, we can keep saying, hey, Dak Prescott is proof that even if you get hurt, you, know, you can still get your big money. And that's true. There is whatever percentage chance that the injury is more significant than that. It's a Alex Smith, type of injury, but that's it. We've seen one of those. We have not seen, I guess, Andrew Luck would probably fall into like the career altering, but a lot of people believe that Andrew Luck could have played. Robert Griffin III, his injuries were more career altering. He was never the same player. So there are a couple of examples of career altering injuries that have occurred, but it's a couple. And if you get a guaranteed deal, doesn't matter if your career is altered by it. You still got your money. But there is at least a small percentage of risk for Lamar Jackson. You would also say there's a small percentage of risk that, you know, Ronnie Stanley doesn't play this year, and, you know, there are other issues. Maybe Tyler Linderbaum's injury is more significant than it's being portrayed, and the offensive line stinks again this year, and the wide receivers stink, because, you know, that's reasonable looking at tape and you just have another bad season. And bad is unfair, because for the most part, last year he was excellent. But you have another season that's not quite that standard. Now, you still, and there's only so many quarterbacks on the market, so if you have even a reasonable season, you should still be able to get a boatload of money. But those are the risks on Lamar Jackson's side. On the Ravens' side, there's the risk that you're pissing off your quarterback. And if you're not willing to pay him market value, then he really will do the thing that was rumored earlier in the offseason and say, well, the hell with it. I'm just going to go to free agency. I'll take, you want to give me two franchise tags and have all of that money? It can't be spread out. We can keep saying everything we want about, well, it's not that bad of a deal for the Ravens. It can't be spread out. It's all coming directly as a cap hit. You want to give me two franchise tags? And then I can hit the open market? I'm a little pissed off about how you handled this. When I, I, You knew what the market value for a quarterback was. It doesn't guarantee that's what's occurring, but that's the risk. There is a risk that perhaps you're doing that. Perhaps. The second part of the risk for the Ravens is that if he makes it clear... That he's ultimately going to move on. That you didn't trade him when he had his greatest value. And you don't end up winning a Super Bowl in the time frame either. That we get to this point years down the road. And you never won a Super Bowl. And he just ends up walking away. Again. Again. It's, is, it a, is it a high risk? No, it's not a high risk, but that exists. It's like saying there's a risk that Lamar Jackson suffers a, an, a, a career-altering injury. It's not a high risk, but it's there. There is an amount of risk that's involved with all of these things. I maintain that I think something will happen, and I maintain that I was told a little while back that there was more reason for optimism than there had been within their conversations. And that maybe the start of this season was providing something like a deadline. Because it's easy to keep saying, well, there's no deadline involved with any of this, except for the deadline where $23 million. You don't do a deal before the season begins and you say we're not going to talk during the season. Once the, You can't change that. That's what you're playing for this year. Significantly less the market value. So maybe that provides an amount of pressure on Jackson's side to get a deal done. And maybe that combined with the fact that the first deal that was signed post-Deshaun Watson wasn't a fully guaranteed deal created more of an atmosphere for them to say, all right, it's not that big of a deal if we get it all fully guaranteed or not. And as a lot of people have pointed out, the likelihood of a quarterback being cut is so slim because the way these contracts are constructed that it's almost esoteric to call it fully guaranteed when the reality is you're getting all your guarantees. You're getting all your money if you're a quarterback in the NFL.
2: We'll see.
0: We'll see. But Jason Cole says that the deal that Lamar's camp is looking for is the Deshaun Watson deal plus something which historically is the way the quarterback market has worked. Someone gets their deal, the next guy, whoever it is, whether the next guy is actually better than the last guy or not, someone gets their deal, the next guy gets more. That's the way the quarterback market has evolved over the years. Kyler Murray kind of broke that. He got less. Got a lot, but it was less. Lamar Jackson, according to Jason Cole, looking for more. Just worth filing away. Um, I won't take a lot of time on this, but I saw this interview floating around. Uh, I've met Scott Abraham before. I don't know him well. He's a reporter um, for one of the, the TV stations in D.C. And I think he used to work out on the Eastern Shore. Um, and Scott Abraham got a sit-down with Carson Wentz as part of Commander's Training Camp and Warren Sharp, our friend, uh, who was just on the show, like pulled, I don't think this is the entirety of the video, I think he just pulled a couple of particularly pressing questions that Scott Abraham asked Carson Wentz, the commander's quarterback. Uh, I had Griffin pull up the, uh, why don't we take a listen to it?
5: There's been kind of a narrative out there here in training camp that you've been a little inaccurate um, on your throws. uh, Consistently inconsistent has been a kind of a terminology. How would you assess your performance in training camp and is that characterization uh, fair? Yeah, I mean, for one, it's camp, you know, I think, uh, I didn't know that, so thank you. Yeah, because I know know you told me, you don't read that stuff. At the same time, uh, I'm my biggest critic. So I I come back after practice and I'm kicking myself over one, two, three, four, five plays, you know. Real talk here, Carson. It's been well-documented. Philly didn't want you, Indy didn't want you. Do you think this is your last chance to prove that you can be a starting quarterback in the NFL?
1: Yeah, you know, I don't really think
5: about all that stuff. For me, I'm playing the game that I love, and I have the most confidence of anybody in myself to deliver, to
1: play at a high level, um, to you know, be a part of something special here with this team. And so I don't, I don't put all that pressure on myself. I don't put, you know, people can, can feel that way. People can say what
0: they want, and uh, I have no issue with that. You know, that is what it is. But for me, I don't, I don't think in those terms. All right. So, two, you know, real questions. This, you've been described as not having a great camp. Do you think that's fair? And then followed up by, dude, you're a former high draft pick that's now bounced around to a few teams. Were they, were they worded in a little bit of a clunky way? Maybe, but, you know, I, I think we've all worded questions in clunky ways. And sometimes, because you understand the gravity of the question, you're trying to take the edge off of it. And sometimes you might just be better off asking it in a very direct way. But nothing in there. And by the way, Carson Wentz, I thought, handled those questions well. To be fair, I don't think anyone outside of the people that are trying to sell it within Washington genuinely believe that Carson Wentz is an answer at quarterback and is going to save that franchise or be there for a long time or anything along those lines. But, you know, reasonably well handled on his part. He's like, look, man, I'm not all that worked up about. I'm worried about, you know, getting ready for a season. Fair. Fair. And I would have never known about any of this. Even Warren Sharp's tweet, I would have never seen any of it had it not been for the team president of the Washington Commanders, Jason Wright, tweeting it with this comment today. Thankfully, Carson demonstrated grace and class in response to this pompous, unprofessional mess. I recognize you have made a living on childlike provocation, but it needs to be called out. Don't expect special access and good luck building rapport with the guys, uh, Scott7news, I guess that's his Twitter handle, Scott Abraham. Holy F! For of all franchises... To be sensitive about something. The Washington <laughs> Commanders, who have gotten literally nothing right. Nothing. I guess they drafted Terry McLaurin. All right. You know what? Let me take that back. That's and, the, yeah. like the one thing. <laughs> They've done one thing right in uh, 15 years. Hiring Ron Rivera, maybe? I. Has he done anything no <laughs> nice guy I mean seems like a great guy I mean he seems like the type of guy that you feel bad for that he that's that's who's there for them like how tone deaf are you to who you are This is inherently one of the issues that exists we have and part of the problem is that because So much of media has moved internal. It's one of the things I say. The Ravens don't like it that I don't come out as much anymore. I barely come out at all. Um, And one of the things I said is, guys, you don't want me there. And I know that because you make me jump through hoops in order to be there. You don't. You do it because you have to. Because the rules in the NFL are you have to allow media to be here for a certain time. But these teams would all be just happy to have their own internal media. And tell the stories the way they want them told. Spin things the way they want them spun. And I get it. Like that's sort of the way the world works now. The, the nature of social media, the, the amount of videos you can do, the amount of stories you can write, the amount of content that you can deliver internally. You just don't feel the same need for external media. I I, I don't I actually understand it. Like I'm in on it. I get it. External media is a problem for you guys because they might say something you don't like or ask kind of a tough question. The most relevant thing about Carson Wentz in Washington by far is, dude, you haven't worked in the last two places you've been. How's it going to be different here? The single most relevant question by far related to Carson Wentz. Why in the world Would it be any different here, a place where no one's been able to make it work? 6,000 quarterbacks have been through. None of them. Not the ones we drafted, not the ones we traded for, not the ones we signed, not the ones we... No one! Why would it be different for the guy that's failed in his last two spots? And failed, I use It's not like Carson Wentz's... You know, Sam Darnold, he's better than that. I'm not trying to say Carson Wentz is garbage. He's definitely not garbage, but he's a mid-quarterback. And two teams have decided they would be better off without him. Sometimes the teams get that wrong, right? Miami was wrong about Ryan Tannehill, you could say. I don't think that makes Ryan Tannehill a great quarterback, but Miami was not better immediately in getting rid of Ryan Tannehill. Tennessee was when they got him. It's not impossible for this to occur. But it's a... What else would you possibly ask Carson Wentz? I used to do radio in D.C. Like, if if I was sitting on 106.7 The Fan and Bill Rowland walked in and was like, hey, Carson Wentz is about to call in. What the hell else am I supposed to ask him about? How excited you are to be with the worst franchise in football? It's generous that you wouldn't ask that question. (laughs) God! You know how tough it was? Like when we would have an Orioles minor leaguer on in like 2018? Mm. To be like, boy... (laughs) You excited? It's got to feel great. I would have to come up with ways to ask them other questions. So, um... You know, there might be a real opportunity here. Like, I would literally talk about how there was nothing at the major league level. In order to ask a question, I'd be like, so it seems like there's got to be a real opportunity for you here, huh? Because there's nothing going on here. There's no reason for excitement. But literally, they're trying this week. Dan Snyder did something with the gaming commission in the state of Maryland where he had to go on and, like, because he's trying to get a sports book at the stadium. Oh. So he had to testify in the gaming commission. He's like, well, it's all fixed now, because we finally found a quarterback. <laughs> so That's what they want projected. They want it projected like Carson Wentz is the answer. Like, we finally got it all figured out, because we've got Carson Wentz. I don't know enough about Maybe Scott Abraham's a, a dick. Like, maybe he's just a an awful person and a bad, you know, maybe maybe he's a a real problem starter. I've had things said about me by a lot of people. I, mean, I I I had someone in town in a in a role in a media relations role attempt to get me fired from this job and said I was an Esther an called Stan the Fan Charles in an attempt to get me fired because I was an Esther. Over the most innocuous thing that anybody could ever possibly attempt to write about. I mean utterly innocuous. That's how bad people can be at their jobs. But I get it. It's part of the reason why I don't like going anymore. I just like, you guys don't want me there. I can talk about it. Just, I don't need to be there any longer. It's a shame because I'd like to keep building those relationships and being there is a great way to build better relationships with players. And But you don't, you guys don't want me there. You don't want me, you don't want me to do my job. You want me to be happy to be there and thankful that I'm being allowed access. And I get it, you don't have to necessarily provide it. So you expect that I should be so thankful for the access that I just smile and say thank you. But that's not the way this job works. There is a job to be done, and I'm happy to help share a good story. I love having Austin Hayes on this week, by the way. I appreciate the Orioles coordinating that. Because I love that Austin Hayes is launching a scholarship that benefit Maryland, uh, a Maryland student. It's a wonderful thing. Still, go to his Instagram. Click the link. I, I, I'm I so happy that Austin Hayes is doing that. So I wanted to talk about it. But, you know, I also want to talk about the fact that he's not under contract long-term, and clearly he wants to be. He I didn't even ask, and he brought it up. It's clearly a thing for him. It was like, once upon a time, Drew and I had Ed Reed on one morning, and he was, like, calling in to promote an event that he was doing. And, like, we just asked him how he was doing, and I swear to God, it's the most this is not just god i wish i could find this interview again it's one of the most amazing thing that's ever happened and in in this era like if that interview occurred today it would be monstrous ed reed calls in it was like hosting a football camp like ed how you doing this morning i swear to god it was i'd be doing better if i had a contract
1: (laughs) that's amazing
0: oh (laughs) well good morning ed uh so how about that football camp coming up? Yeah, yeah, we're really excited about it. And also my contract. Like I swear to God, he brought it up seven times during the course of an interview without Drew asking, or, or me asking. It wasn't even on the list. Of, we didn't even realize that he was having a problem with the contract. It wasn't a big story then. I try to remember what year this would have been. The only reason he put the football camp on was so that he could get, nine, on, get yeah, right, on the Yeah, right, do interviews show. to talk about, it was like nine or 10, I don't know, nine or 2010, somewhere in that range. I don't remember exactly when it was. But my God, it was insane. Um, Austin Hayes didn't do that. He did it in a really nice He was like, I would really like to be here to see this through. And I think, you know, he's touching on some of the stuff we talked about with Adam Pohl yesterday. That externally, you could see why maybe Mike Elias might say, Hey, I might not sign those guys because I might like the guys that are coming even better than that. And Austin Hayes might be doing that math in his head and saying, Hey, look, I've been here for a while. I want to stick around. I just watched them trade Trey Mancini. So they can trade Trey Mancini. They can trade anybody. So I just wanted to be publicly known. I want to be here. That's relevant. And Orioles fans can have their own opinions. Someone's opinion might be: Look, Austin Hayes is too hit or miss for me to commit a lot of money to him. When he's good, he's really good. But you know, then he goes through stretches where you know he's a guy. So the Orioles fans can have their own opinions about it. But I'm glad that Austin Hayes is willing to talk about it. That's the way this works. That's that's the way we do all of these things. So. To me, that's embarrassing from Jason Wright. I mean, it's not, it's not going to register as one of the most embarrassing things the commanders have done because, Jesus Christ, imagine what you'd have to do to register as one of the more embarrassing things the commanders have done. And perhaps there's more than, than what we saw there. Perhaps there's a bigger problem with this particular reporter, and maybe the guy really is a problem. I don't know. I don't know him well enough. And I don't, I'm not in D.C. How would I know? I, I think I've come across him a couple times. I remember I bumped into him at the tennis event last year. It was pleasant enough, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I, we barely talked. So weird. So It's so over the top. It's so absurd that when you're the president of the Washington Commanders, you wouldn't maybe take a step back and say, hey, maybe threatening a reporter's access to the team not the best look for us. Maybe we let cooler heads prevail here. Maybe we acknowledge, hey, this is kind of tough. Um, Mike Pettin, when he took the Browns job came on with me and i was like what makes you believe you can do this when nobody else could and he got mad about it like he couldn't believe i would ask that question you had an nfl head coach on and you had the audacity to ask that question if you don't want to answer it we don't have to do this i i I, i'm glad you came on we like mike He was a good guy we got to know him here a little bit It's, it's fine but if you don't want to do it we won't do it I, I, Jim Schwartz, and I had a great relationship, but he would get pissy at me. I'd bring him on, and we'd have fun, and then he'd get mad at me. I'm an NFL head coach; you need to be more respectful, bro. I'm gonna ask you questions. Like that's the way it's gonna work. And if you don't want to do it, you don't want to do it. And the answer is, unfortunately, they've just stopped doing them. Right? Like John Harbaugh would get mad about the most innocuous things all day. He stopped doing them. Like just, you just—you don't hear John Harbaugh calling to radio stations around town. You don't hear him do anything other than the podium. That's what he does. Like, that's, that's it. That's the list of them. That's fine. You know, which is a shame because I did a couple... He used to, he came on my show a couple of times and was great. We had great... Outside of the season, John was actually a very engaging interview. During the season, not a good one. Um, but outside of the season, because he didn't have an opponent to prepare for and he wasn't, you know, getting defensive and thinking about what information he was giving, he was a very good interview. Like, you could... I He and I went back and forth for, like, t- ten minutes once going into it was either 11 or 12 about whether or not ray lewis could still be a three down linebacker in the nfl because he he just kept dodging the question he kept saying nice things about ray but not directly saying yes we still think he's a three down linebacker and so i really wanted to i just said john i think you're dancing like i think you're dancing and like outside of the season he was willing to have fun with that well better me than you you're a terrible dancer like you know we, we could have a back and forth in those circumstances um And it it made for good content. People really enjoyed they they like hearing that. I know that the teams have all convinced themselves that they just want to hear you know, everybody just wants to hear positive things. And if you listen to most of our interviews, they're overwhelmingly positive. Overwhelmingly. Because this is sports that we're talking about. Not life and death. But every now and then there's a question that should be asked. It should be asked. Carson Wentz, the hell happened the last couple of places? Why are you here? It's not because you were offered a billion dollars. You're here because nobody else wanted you. Let's talk about that. And he can answer it however he wants to answer it. And credit to Carson Wentz, he answered it well. There's nothing wrong with that question at all. All right, I, we're going to run out of time to put our swagger. You, you, do you have a lineup? Do I have a lineup? don't put do one? I, yeah. I don't have one. I can think why don't of you post one on Twitch? Twitter? Why don't, why don't we do that after the show? Post a lineup. On I'm thinking Twitter. I'm going
1: player strikeouts, like pitcher strikeouts. Pitcher so strikeouts. Yeah, play that's. Player. I feel like that's uh, that's the way to go. Couple couple go ones tonight. Scherzer, Rodone pitching tonight. What kind of a smoothie do you want? <laughs> uh,
0: the the, the
1: the green one, the green giant, right? Yeah. Is that what it's called? I don't yeah. know. Yeah.
0: You're telling me. Yes. Uh, yeah,
1: I I love and eight then eight. Uh, Cal Cal Quantrill of of Cleveland. He's been okay. pitching very well lately. Uh, I'm not sure what his recent strikeouts look like, but he's going against the Blue Jays, and I. I mean the Blue Jays are a little cold. They have 2 days off now, I think. I don't think they played yesterday.
0: Okay. I don't know. How so would I, I Like know? so I
1: like No, they didn't play. So they've had 2 days off. Kind of an awkward. Maybe maybe that's what they need since they lost 2 to the two to the O's. Uh but I like Cal Quantrill. Scherzer's pitching tonight. I said that. Who else is Who else? I saw somebody else that I liked in their strikeouts. Oh, Luis Garcia is a good one. Right, well, maybe put Corey put, t- put together
0: put together maybe maybe put like a screen cap up or something like that All right. All right. and say, "Hey, it's Griffin." I'm playing with Swagger tonight, tag them in, and here's the lineup I'm going with, don't forget, and I'll talk you through it when you put it (laughs) up. The the idea is, I'm going to play Swagger tonight too, I just haven't had a chance to put a lineup together and we ran out of time, uh, because I started bitching about things. It's on me, I'm sorry. I love Swagger though, and I'm going to play Swagger tonight, because I missed playing it last night. So, what you need to do is go to playwithswagger.com slash pressbox, and if you do that, you'll immediately get, you went there and you just got $10 free, correct? Correct, yeah. You just went. Pretty cool. $10 free, it's yours. Did you put any money in or did you just take the $10? Uh, not yet. I just took the $10 so far. I don't know if you had to do it at the same time. Yeah. I don't know how that I'll, works. Uh, i then I think, I think, I, like, I think a new you can user. still, yeah, yeah so. I still think you get your money, money, money matched. So they'll give you the $10 free and match you up to $100. So as I keep saying, you could create a scenario where you never use your own money, you could get up to $110 free. From swagger put in a hundred dollars, they'll match it, plus you get your ten dollars free. Use that hundred ten dollars, go make more money, and then you'll have never used your money. It's incredible, it's free money they're giving you to play with swagger. Play with swagger.com, play with swagger.com press box, and it is set up not for the marks. This is not one of those daily, weekly fantasy contests that where the pros are going to win and you don't have a chance. This is for you to feel like you're betting despite the fact that you still can't bet on your phone or computer here in the state of Maryland by playing player props and parlays. So you pick four, five, however many. You can go up to, like, ten, right? Yeah, you can go up to ten. Um, and you don't have to hit them all is the point. This is not a – unlike a parlay where if you miss one leg of your parlay, you miss out, they stagger it. Swagger, stagger. They stagger it so that if you get a certain number of points, you, say, win your money back. If you get a certain number of points beyond that, you could win some money, but not the full amount of money you could win. If you hit everything, you're going to get all the money. It's a really cool concept. It's gonna be a. We're gonna do a big push in football season. I'm really excited for football with Swagger, but I've been trying to play with baseball, so I'm gonna let Griffin put together a ticket, and I might ride with him. We'll see. I might ride with him. We'll do that on Twitter a little bit later. Play with Swagger. All right. Tidbit. Tidbit brought to you by the print issue of Press Box. Final weekend. Uh, Wednesday will be the date for the new one. So this is the final five days. For you to get to your neighborhood Royal Farms and the hundreds of locations around town where you find Pressbox and pick up the Salute to Coaches issue of Pressbox with John Harbaugh. We just talking about him. He's on the cover. We celebrate 15 years to John Harbaugh as head coach in the NFL. A lot of other area coaches recognize inside. It's the athletes whose lives they've impacted the most telling their stories. Great issue. Very special issue. Final day is for you to get it. Next Wednesday, the new print issue hits. It's our football preview with Mark Andrews on the cover. So go get that this weekend. What you got?
1: All right. Adley Rushman. I mean,
0: he is everything. He, yeah, but he's, he, I, I'm now now I'm getting greedy, right? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I'm not kidding about this. And now... When, he because he is the team's best player, like now I need him to come up with big hits and big moments. Like now and he's had a few. I'm not trying to say he hasn't yeah. had any, but now like it's my expectation for him. Right. Now I'm actually uh, kind of, he's actually kind of letting me down a little bit. Well he's got like plenty watching of time. the game last He'll night. He'll be I'm here
1: like, for a while. He's I, got plenty of time yeah. to to, oh. to
0: win us back, I guess. Yeah. i trust me. <laughs> trust me. I'm still very much on board.
1: Uh, but yes, I mean literally every morning I, there's just a new some stat head Twitter account. They're posting a new Adley stat yesterday, Sarah Langs. Had one it was about uh, weighted runs created plus since mm-hmm. june june 15th and he's like seventh behind i included
0: that in my column this week all right yeah, yeah. so
1: i won't go over that one uh, but today's came from dave sherman uh and let me i'll read it off to you he is okay so since july 1st adley has a 20.5% walk rate to a 15.2% strikeout rate that's a 5.3 walk to strikeout like difference and that's the second, be- second best in baseball since july 1st hmm. Behind only Juan Soto, who is just an unreal 13.7 difference <laughs> right there. So, I mean, Adley, uh, yeah, just the, just just the one I saw today. Um, so that got me thinking about uh, walk rates. Uh, well, because I went to, because same thi- same deal, you can go to Baseball Sofana every single day. Every single percentile just moves up pretty, yeah. much, pretty much a point every single yeah. day, every single game that he plays. Um, and so Adley has finally moved into the 96th percentile in walk rate. So, Glenn, I want to know if you can name all the guys that he's going to catch this season to get to guys. the
0: 100th. Uh, it, it, I'm assuming Soto.
1: Yes, yeah, Soto is number one at 100. percent That's In unbelievable. 100th percent 100%, 100% walk uh, percentile. Excuse me. Um, there is nine guys ahead of him. Jesus Christ. <laughs>
0: um,
1: a couple surprising names. Actually, Good. yeah. Uh, Judge Judge is actually not ahead of him. Really? Judge is only in the ninety fourth percentile. Oh, walk bum,
0: around. he sucks. They should probably walk him more often. <laughs>
1: they probably <laughs> should. Here's which suggest- is very, I know very- a suggestion.
0: Walk him more frequently.
1: There is a Yankee. I, I, I don't think you'll get him. He, Yankee in the ninety eighth percentile. That's not Aaron Judge. It's not Aaron Judge. Yeah. Uh, I don't think another it's another outfielder. Yeah. Not 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 Stanton. Another outfielder. Yeah
0: outfielder. Another outfielder.
1: Yeah. Shares a first name with their manager. Oh, Hicks? Yeah, Aaron Hicks. Really? Yeah, he gets walked enough that he's top weird. seven in the league in walk rate.
0: Okay, I mean, and that's saying he's not a good player. He's a good along, player.
1: Along with another New York bat. Alonzo? York. Uh, no, not Alonzo. He is, where is he? He's not up there, but one they just traded for.
0: One they just traded for. Oh, um. Oh, Christ. <laughs> I. <laughs> oh, big, damn it. W- big guy. Vogelback? Yeah, Vogel- Vogelback.
1: Also, 98th percentile.
0: That's not who I was thinking of. I was thinking of the other guy. Who's the other guy they traded for? Um.
1: Not Nate. Not Nate thinking Yeah, that's guy. who I was thinking yeah. of, but they traded
0: for. But I was.
1: It didn't make a sense. That's why I was confused yeah. by okay. it. Okay. Um. Guy in the MVP race. I mean, no one's. Vogelback coming
0: rush. up to Milkshake, by the way. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was. Chef's kiss.
1: He's been everything for them. He's yep. been
0: fitting uh, <laughs> right here. Jordan in. Alvarez. There you go.
1: Jordan Alvarez, 97th percentile How about, walk rate.
0: How about...
1: Uh, Infielder for the Twins. Polanco? Yep, Jorge Polanco. Okay. Top that five in walk rate this was season. a pure
0: guess. I have no idea why he would be that high in walk rate. But Chip sure.
1: Poole. Couple guys in Seattle this season. Uh, Winker? Yep, Winker. Top four. And then uh, his teammate right ahead of him. Long time vet, been around for a while now. Switch hitter. Been around for a while. Uh I was going to say Suarez, but not Suarez, not Suarez. Uh, First baseman.
0: Oh, um Oh my god. Oh my god. You know I Yeah, I okay. do know who it is. Yeah, Why in the you hell am I not <laughs> Oh my god.
1: Holy crap. Royals long time Cleveland What? I'm trying to think of I don't know how to get you to guess his name.
0: I why I know you I, know who it is. I know exactly who it is. <laughs> it's um oh my god.
1: I'm trying to think oh I'm trying god. to think of what what's a hint I could give?
0: Oh I'm my trying to god. Think here.
1: Was he ever almost an Oriole? No.
0: Santana. Yep. Carlos Santana. Carlos yes, Santana.
1: Carlos Santana. Number 3 Jesus. and number 2 in the league behind Soto. Also, you're, he's he's oh. very surprising this one because he's had a very down year uh, for an NL for the NL West leaders.
0: NL West leaders. He's had a down year. Yeah, so but he's still getting da- walked. Munce-
1: Muncie, Max Muncie, yeah. in the hundredth percentile, tied with Juan Soto uh, okay. and Walker. Okay. And then uh, Adley is tied with Yanni Diaz, Gmon Shoy, and Joey Gallo. Okay. In that 96th right. percentile. And right. he's going to catch all those guys, so pretty cool. Huh? Maybe he
0: didn't need to walk Joey Gallo as many times <laughs> yeah. as the pitchers had. Maybe he could have just gone ahead. And
1: Although, I I he, like how he's in the first percentile He hasn't whip, been, He hasn't, rate, yeah, but he hasn't been quite as bad in, in LA, has he? Has, he? has he? Hasn't he been like a little uh, yeah, bit well, better? In yeah, LA? that's the thing. LA hasn't lost since Gallo got there, and I think the Yankees are like one in seven. That is wild. <laughs> since uh, that's
0: wild. All right, very good. That's a tidbit. Tubular brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Of course, we keep telling you the place to be for football season. And keep thinking about your fantasy football drafts because that first week in a college football season, that's Saturday. It's funny. Uh, my guy Doug Beiser from uh, Live Casino just messaged me day. He's like, dude, you know, its I feel like we should start talking about that first week in a college football. I'm like, Doug, I love you, but you have clearly not been paying attention. <laughs> like, we talk about it constantly. Fantasy football draft in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel that first Saturday of college football season loaded not okay week one of college football season not week zero week one Labor Day weekend which is when you should be doing your draft anyway perfection spend the day betting on all these great games Georgia Oregon Ohio State Notre Dame you heard of them Florida Utah local teams in action too Great day. Reserve your fantasy draft in the FanDuel Sportsbook, and they'll give you some deals, throw in some freebies, things like that. You just got to email events at sportssocialmd.com, events at sportssocialmd.com, and coordinate it. All right, here's what's coming up. Uh, Orioles Rays all weekend. As we mentioned tonight, Austin Voth and Corey Kluber, the pitching matchup, 7 o'clock on Masson. Uh, tomorrow and Sunday, they're on Masson 2. Tomorrow at 4 o'clock, Shane McClanahan. Also, if you live in the rest of the country, you can watch it on MLB Network tomorrow. Um, and then Sunday at 1.30, we know Drew Rasmussen is on the mound. For some reason, the Orioles have not announced. Probably Lyles. I, I Lyles and Watkins is yes, what we think yeah. is going to be the way the weekend will go. Wait, which order is that? It should be Watkins tomorrow. Tomorrow and Lyles, yeah, and on, Lyle's Sunday, on Sunday. But... Just for whatever reason, they have not made that official. Don't know. Athletes Unlimited Lacrosse final weekend out at uh, USA Lacrosse in Sparks. Also still on TV uh, on ESPN U tomorrow, and then on ESPN Plus on Sunday. And honestly, it's kind of a lame weekend. Otherwise, like this is the the calm before the storm of football coming back. So. Just not a lot as far as significance. There's a UFC fight night on ESPN. There is a, I'll be watching you. There should, is make a, sure you cash your Cheeto there. That's right. You're all over that. Uh, Tefima Lopez fights tomorrow night on ESPN as well. So there's UFC right into boxing. So uh, that is kind of a fun fight night, I guess, if, if you're looking for things to bet on. Um, Tefima Lopez is a popular fighter. So, you know, there's that. But that's all on ESPN tomorrow. And it's cool it's on free TV. So there you got that going for us. Non-sports?
1: Uh, Big Semi big weekend for streaming. A couple things on well, Netflix, uh, Jamie Foxx movie called Day Shift. Oh, yeah, you and were talking about that. Yeah, yeah. So he's a, he's a vampire hunter, apparently. Uh, Dave Franco's in it. So Snoop Dogg. So it looks like, you know, it'll be interesting at least. Okay. Um, might, might have to, ch- I think I'll check it out. And then Hulu, this one, uh, caught my eye called This Fool, a new series that is premiering today. Uh, all, all the episodes are out. Uh, I, cause Michael Imperioli is in it. Okay. From Sopranos. I love Sopranos. Um, and uh, and so he was Christopher in Sopranos, and he was the first like little clip. I don't think he I don't think he has a big role. He can't because he wasn't in the trailer that much. But like th- on like the quick fifteen second trailer I saw on Twitter once, the first clip I saw was Michael Imperioli, and I was like, whoa! Oh my okay. god! Okay. Okay. So I'm kind of excited for it. I'm not sure how it's gonna be, but it looks like it's it's uh so Michael Imperi- Imperioli helps rehabilitate ex gang members. It's supposed to be it's supposed to be a comedy. Looks kind of interesting. The main character's brother gets out of prison and then moves into moves in with him and his girlfriend. I don't know, so we'll see what happens. Okay. Fre- I saw Fred Armisen; he's in the trailer as well, so we'll, <laughs> he might have a role. Um, and then a League of Their Own is doing a series on Amazon Prime. Ah, uh, yes, there's, yeah. this has been
0: talked about for a couple years now.
1: Yeah, um, Nick Offerman. I think he's playing
0: Offer. Nick Offerman. Offerman. No, it's not. It's Nick you know what Offerman. I'm, you know who I'm talking about. I do, but it's not hard. <laughs>
1: The o, you see, you see the o is capitalized, so I always like to... I think Let's of that stop, as a long just O. Just
0: stop. This is a bad bit. No, it's not. hard. Oh, <laughs> no, it's not hard to get somebody's name right. But that like, if you don't know, legal. it's okay. You just got it wrong, and you say, hey, sorry, I screwed up. Offerman. It's not hard. Yeah. You're trying to give somebody else a different name because you can't just say... You know who I'm talking about. This is a very about. millennial... You know who I'm talking about. But this about. is so millennial. And I don't even know if you're a millennial. You might be I'm, a post-millennial. I'm technically Gen Z. Yeah. yeah, like like this is such a... I, I didn't get it wrong. It's you're wrong for calling me wrong. No, just I got it wrong. It's okay. You can get things wrong. I get things wrong all the time. Yeah, but the point got across. Shut up. League of Their Own doing a series on Amazon
1: Prime and then oh. another uh, the, another uh, new dating show is, is on. Is Nick on Offerman Amazon.
0: playing Tom Hanks' character? I believe so, yeah. That's right, what it now, that's what it looked
1: like. Right, damn it. Now I'm back <laughs> on. <So laughs> yeah, that
0: well so that so yeah, we'll have to check that out. That'll, that'll be interesting. Nick Offerman for those that don't know is of course Ron Swanson. Is great actor one of my favorite guests I've ever had on a show you had him on here he played the Lyric one year dude we had we had a hell of a run because we had Chris Pratt on too um, not, I remember, this I remember was, you had this Brian predates, like when I was like well yeah but, that, yeah, but that this was... predates Glenn Clark Radio oh, okay. this is back when it was I was on the station that doesn't exist anymore uh, Nick Offerman was coming to town and I, I wanted to do something fun with him I was like what's something really cool I could do and the idea that I had was and so I pulled him up I'm like Nick I don't know if you're going to go with this or not but I was wondering, if we put 90 seconds on the clock, could you just spend 90 seconds listing names of meats? And he just gave that 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 chuckle that he does so <laughs> well. And he was like, yeah, I'll do that. And he did it, and it was as wonderful as I thought it would be. Like, I just sat there and listened to him list names of meats. And I was like, this is... This is what I think radio is supposed to be. This is what I think you're supposed to get out of radio. He was wonderful. His show was amazing. Oh, God. Yeah, his, his, his wife's band opened for him. Wow. I think it was a great night. It was just a wonderful, wonderful night. Pretty cool.
1: All right, and then, so this is this is the last one called Cosmic Love, New Dating Show on Amazon Prime. Um, and they're trying to match people up based on their, like, astrology science. Mm. Yeah, I'm, out. So, I'm out. <laughs> and so this is a line from the trailer in the show. And uh, and the girl I think was like talking to the guy. "Uh, We, based on our signs, we are sexually compatible. And the guy was like, "Oh, thank the stars." very bad all right <laughs> glennclarkradio.com
0: we went long but we didn't go as long as we did yesterday so we got that going for us thanks today to uh cordell woodland thanks also to jeffrey chadilla we'll get it up in the greatest hit section of the tab at glennclarkradio.com the bat around tomorrow morning with uh, paul and zach 10 to noon we'll be back on monday uh jamie kaiser he missed on him this week as he was out playing in a tournament uh maryland basketball commit he's going to join us on monday and stuff and things on monday's show Thanks to everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including Glory Days Grill, Royal Farms, Costas Inn, Great Eights Memorabilia, the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. Visit Howard County, the Baltimore Orioles, your local Toyota dealer. Buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. Thanks to Ryan at RexpexRyan. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great weekend. Go Birds. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks, too.